comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. listening to fear the walking dead tv podcast this is for season two episode seven the mid-season finale entitled shiva i am craig demanda join with me this evening mr aaron new earth what's going on tonight sir i didn't realize celia was jewish but shiva sitting shiva okay very <laughs> <laughs> right, sure that's it and mr daryl taylor oh, what did we watch i have no idea but we're going to get into it because, I, I mean, it is a mid-season finale, so we don't have to watch this until August. Is that something good, I guess? I mean, I don't know. Uh, not if it comes back like this. I mean, yeah, this is a... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling we're not so high on the, the mid-season finale. And I think I feel like I was pretty like, oh, it'll be good. It's a mid-season finale last week. That, I, I, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought I, it would be better. I, I did. I thought they'd pull it out. So we didn't even see a major character death. Not that that's a prerequisite for a yeah. mid-season finale, but I mean, I don't think we did. Maybe we did, but I don't think we did. I mean, I don't think something. we did. They right. even said it on Talking Dead. They even said it like there's no body. It doesn't. It never happened, right? Is that what they it is? They didn't want anger. They <laughs> said no. It, it's the Glenn rule. It's like if you don't see a body, the character's not dead, right? Is that, okay, that's it. I guess what that means, though, T-Dog is not dead, right? I mean, we didn't really ever see his body, but... We saw him get bit. Yeah, he got bit, so he was practically dead. Okay, He's still out there saving those kids. (laughs) He chopped off his elbow, his shoulder, and he's he's out there still saving people. Making a new album. Yeah, he got a new album, too. (laughs) He's got an album dropping. T-Dog and the Walkers. He's building farms and stuff out there for people who's homeless. T-Dog does a lot for the community. Good old irony. Yes, right. Oh, man. He still goes to the cons and stuff, too. You see him at the Walker Stalker cons and all that. I he's, don't he's... think he's busy. <laughs> I, no offense, but I haven't seen him in anything else, so I don't I don't think he's busy. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I, I felt bad. I, I went to one of those, and I felt I was talking to the um, the character that plays Jim in like, huh. the first season of The Walking Dead. And I forget his name. Oh. I think his name is Bernstein or something. Or Woodward. Or... Yeah, okay. Woodward. Okay, exactly. <laughs> and I felt bad because nobody, and I mean nobody, was at his table. Like, I felt terrible about it. I just started talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, listen, you know, great job you did in this and that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Thanks, you know. And I didn't even pay for an autograph. I just started talking with him. I felt bad. He seemed lonely, you know what I mean? <laughs> the other guys had people lined up for miles to talk to them. Who were the other guys, though? The Vatos? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if the Vatos were there, they had more people at the table than Jim did. That's all I'm going to say. They're making an empire out of it. <laughs> They're still coming. That's right. 
So, guys, this is it. Let's just jump into it. Uh, what are your thoughts initially? I mean, on, on Shiva. I, I mean, this is this is it. The midseason finale. We're not going to have Fear the Walking Dead for a while. So, what do you think, guys? I shouldn't feel I, happy by that, though. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a mixed reaction because it's at one at in one hand, I'm thinking, all right, well. I don't even know if there's two hands here. I'm actually just kind of happy that it's over for now. I just need, I feel like I need to recharge if I'm going to get more of this. Like, and there's, you know, eight, <laughs> you need a break. Eight. Like, cause well, it's because, you know, we were, we were being, I think we've been fair to this show. I think we've yes. done a good job of being Very fair, fair to it. Very Especially fair. in like yeah. it's early run where it started up and we're like, all right, like it's building itself. And that each episode seems to be getting better and better. We're getting some neat backstory stuff. We'll deal with these annoying characters if it means getting some cool stuff from Strand or Daniel or Captain Nickel, Man Clothes, Zombie Guts with a Gun. But uh, I mean, like, it's <laughs> it's so much name, and now it's like now we got to add like more to it after this episode. But like, if there's stuff like that that's working, then like, okay, it's working. So we can we can work with that and try to hope that the show keeps you know course correcting itself, writing the ship, so to speak, pun intended. Um, and then we get to this episode where I guess we feel like the summation of things is going to happen. It just plays out like a lazier version of Herschel's farm. And, it it's, does, yeah. and it just, it just, I, at the end of it, I felt like, all right, this is kind of, everybody's all over the place. I, I don't, re I don't know where the, the rest of the season needs to go. That really is supposed to intrigue me beyond they're getting back on the boat. Apparently we'll get to that ridiculous line of dialogue. Mm. <laughs> but it, yeah. And like, it takes, and it took like the characters that I, you know, generally like and kind of, got rid of all of what makes me like them including including captain nick old man clothes including strand who's right. just relegated to shirtless and digging for most of the episode and daniel who's like i'm full crazy now like yeah he, he definitely is in, in crazy land that's for sure the, yeah the, the best thing it could have it did i guess was keeping chris away from everybody else like that that, that helped i guess but still he still threat he still managed to threaten random other people <laughs> yeah random mexican people on the countryside yeah that was <laughs> So, Daryl, I mean, you're in the same boat, right? I mean, that's... You... Yeah, it just was so all over the place. It was like pe people went crazy. There was no cause for it. Like, it, it just... It was like I missed something. Did we miss two, three episodes or something? Like, it just yeah. felt like they... It just felt like there was stuff on the paper on, on the, in the script that just were not shown this, so far. And it just felt like we were not plugged into what they were doing. Because it just... It didn't make sense for why Daniel flipped like he did that quickly. Yeah. It, it, it didn't? You mean? You're saying it, it didn't. It didn't make okay. sense for him yeah. to flip like that. There was no There was no catalyst. There was no, no, catalyst. There was no catalyst for him yeah, going there was off no the deep end. Yeah, to right. that. Like, yeah. I, I, felt, I knew he was felt guilty about not being there when his wife died. But there, you know, you would think he'd put some type of, some, some scenes where you would kind of get a sense that it was eating him up you know little by little like he seemed to be calm and collected and and especially given like the point he's driven to here where it's like he's literally seeing you know a a dead embodiment of his wife walking around and telling him what to do like right. that's that's a far cry from just like random visions of the past right and they coupled the flashbacks with the with the hallucination they were they were very much intertwined throughout this and we'll, we'll get into that in just a second i mean i'm with you guys i think it, it, it this could have been maybe like episode four or three or something leading up to something really big but to end the se the mid-season like this i don't know it's just it's just weird very weird but let's just jump into it so uh this episode uh again directed by andrew bernstein written by david weiner 
we open to a flashback. Uh, we see Daniel as a boy, and I guess I was right on that one, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I guess correctly. Not that I get any points for that, but uh, well, it's the the, the, pro- the problem with that is, but you being correct means the show is is dumber than I was hoping it would be. <laughs> like, yeah. So because, like, your your logic your logic was that like it, because there was a flashback of Daniel seeing himself or Daniel seeing a boy, you thought it was him. Right. And my my argument was if you have a flashback of something, you wouldn't see yourself in it because you're the point of view. Yes. So fil- by fil- filmmaking logic to me suggests that that shouldn't have been Daniel. But because the show's dumb enough to go that route, I guess that you you were you were correct. And credit to you, you called it correctly as the show intended. I just I guess wanted to give the show more credit than it deserved. I'm just the Walking Dead whisperer. What can I tell you? I, <laughs> I know where this show's gonna go, whether it's good or bad. I can feel it, man. I just I just know it, and I knew that was, that's what it was. And yeah, it, it is strange. I mean, we see him. It's a flashback, definitely, because again, we see that altered kind of color coloring on the lens, and it's Daniel as a boy, and he's in like a rainy. Kind of, I guess, a rainforest, if it will. I guess it is a rainforest, but he's in the jungle. He's in the, the jungle, correct? Jungle. Yeah, like okay, he's back in Predator. Um, kind of the rainy forest, and, we, and there's a river, like a muddy river there, and we see a lot of dead bodies just floating in this muddy river. Uh, and in, in Spanish, off camera, we hear someone say, and then we see it in subtitles, "Take the gun, Daniel." And then suddenly, he wakes up from his flashback. He hears a gunshot, which we presumably think is the one where Strand shot Abigail. Daniel then wakes up Ophelia, sleeping in the bed next to him, tells her that they have to move now, and they get on their shoes, and they they run out of the house and into the night, so to speak. Ophelia suddenly feels ill and cannot continue to run. Daniel Daniel turns to her and asks, well, what's the matter? And she suddenly starts to peel the skin off of her cheek, like, you know, like it's a zombie skin just kind of coming off. But then we find out that that's another dream, because another gunshot is heard, (laughs) and Daniel wakes up for real this time. It'd be like seeing, I don't know, Bruce Wayne sit in a chair and have a weird nightmare and then have a second weird nightmare within that nightmare. Almost something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, was, yeah. Uh, you, I mean, and you kind of knew, like, it wasn't even inventive. You knew what was going to happen. You knew when, yes. she, when she started pausing, oh, she's going to turn into a zombie in front of his face. And that would be the horror that he'll have and he'll wake up. And that's exactly what we got. Like, it just was no reason. Like, it... I don't understand. Who are they trying to excite or trick? or like? It's, it's the writer's room, man. Someone probably said, hey, dude, dude, wouldn't it be cool if, if, if Ophelia peels the skin off of her face, man? You know, it's like someone said that in the writer's room, and then, okay, let's make it happen. Given the logic that it says, wouldn't it be cool if, like, Nick put zombie guts on his face and they keep, seem to keep running with that one? I feel like we're probably going to get, like, Daniel envisioning his friends pulling their faces <laughs> off every week at this point. <laughs> But so, like I, I would say that was a like separated that from like the obviousness of it being a dream. That was a cool like visual. Like it was unnerving. Like it was like oh that's not that doesn't feel good. Like yeah. well that would have been cool if this happened in episode two of this season. Like yes, it's yeah. to kind of give it to to kind of put in that he's starting to flip. Like it's starting. Oh, yeah, apl- starting applied to, to the pressure. actual applied to the actual like season of television. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. If if it happened earlier, that kind of if that kind of stuff trickled in a lot earlier, this would be a lot more effective. So he started hearing hearing voices like only two episodes ago, right? Like he heard when, yes. when he was uh, yeah. tying Luis up in, when he was in the zombie mode, and he was tying him up to get him out to the out to the the hostage exchange. He heard the fo- first voice at that right. point. So, I mean, we've only had, like, two episodes to digest that Daniel's kind of losing his marbles. Mm-hmm. Well, 
We cut to where we left off last episode now. It's reality. And Celia and the other house people, including Madison and Nick, gather inside Abigail's bedroom. So it really picks up right where last episode left off, where, where Strand shot him in the head. And Celia is none too pleased, saying how, you know, saying a lot, actually, but she's saying how he, uh, Strand, that is, let Abigail down by not letting him turn, essentially. I mean, I'm paraphrasing quite a bit there, but, you know, she's, she's, he let him down. She even Celia, sl- Celia yeah. is all up in his business this week, <laughs> just oh, like, yeah. rubbing oh, yeah. it in his face of like, you eat, my son, it's his, her son, apparently, my son, you let this have, you didn't carry out, here's my poison cookies you're supposed to eat, like all this, not, it's like, right. oh, God, give it a rest. And not she even her biological him. son. Exactly. And she slapped him hard. It was like, a whap, poof, yeah. turned his head. Um, and then Madison actually jumps in and, and stops Celia from hitting, hitting him again. Like, uh, she was really upset there. We then cut to see Travis outside. And sure, she, call, she calls him. She calls him her friend. That's right. That, she mentions that. You're right. It, I, I, that could be in this scene. Or there's a, they, they cut back to the bedroom. I'm saying this episode kind of weaves in and out. But you're right. Madison does say that that Travis is her friend. That's why she has a stake in this. And that made me go. When, when did they become friends? Even Strand said that. He goes, well, don't confuse things, Madison. He goes, you know, like, we're not friends. He said that later on. Like, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, you you, you jumped on him throughout the entire season so far. You right. didn't believe anything he said. Like, what? Where did this friendship come from? Like, if her? Madison was just a little more warm, a little more, like, just, just human, maybe right. you could see a friendship or a kinship developing between them, but... You, like right. I, could, I would say there's a kinship there. I just okay. kinship. I, yeah. But well, I mean, of, of the people Strand knows on that boat, it's you know Captain Nickel, Man Clothes on Big with a Gun, <laughs> the gun, and Matt and Madison. I mean, those are the two people that he's he's connected with both. Right. The show. So I mean, I I can see where she, especially standing up to you know evil Celia, I can see where she's you know trying to do something in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So if the show is trying to ring ring more out of the idea of like, um. You know, like I'm, I need. You know, he's my friend. Like I'm not feeling that emotionally, but. Yeah. <laughs> so, folks, we are now joined by Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. Richard, you couldn't miss this episode, huh? You couldn't. You couldn't miss this. Uh, this humdinger. <laughs> uh, no, very, very, very interesting uh, mid-season finale. So. Yeah, very- we were just saying that. We were just saying that. Um. If you want us, to, we can continue right on, or do you want to give your thoughts on it real quick? I mean, we're at the point where actually uh, they're in the bedroom and Celia's beating the hell out of Strand. That's still pretty early in the episode. Let's just keep going. Okay, we'll do that. Yep. So um, then we cut to Travis outside. He's a bit panicked, looking for his son, Crazy Eyes Pouty Chris. And Alicia tells Travis that, look, man, uh, you can look for him, but his your son just tried to kill both her and her mother, Madison, with a knife while they were sleeping. And Travis, still in a little bit of denial, says, no, he would never do that. Why would he do that? But he he then sees Chris kind of off in the distance in the vineyard, in the darkness, in the the mist out there. And then he starts to run after him. But I guess he forgot his shoes in the house. So he's just running in the vineyard with his socks and no shoes. And then we cut to the opening credits minus the crazy, wacky noise, this one. (laughs) So whatever that means. Yep. <laughs> that Tra- happened. Tra- classic Travis. <laughs> Travis all, all I can say is... Not true till he proves it. His, his blind optimism 
<laughs> and and hope is going to get him killed if he does not man up soon. And with the way this episode ends, he better he better grow a sack soon because he he's not going to make it in this world. Well, it's so funny. Every time he's on The Talking Dead, Chris Hardwick asks him, well, where does he, where does he want to see Travis go? And he goes, look, man, I just hope he makes it to season three. <laughs> like, right. <that's>, just <laughs> that, don't kill me. That's Cliff Curtis. Said, yeah, right. <laughs> he, well, so that's just basically I want to keep getting my Walking Dead paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, pretty to much. Travis, to Travis's credit, by the end of this episode, he does seem to find some sense of balls. Uh, I guess. A little bit because I'd have hit him a couple of times. I, I wouldn't be that. Okay with it. Now, <laughs> I don't know. Watch it. Like, okay. He, Travis needs to take a hint, obviously. And he's not believing anybody. He's not helping that he's being in, you know, straight denial and trying to deflect things onto, like, Chris or onto, onto Nick is involving Matt. It's like, it's where there's, like, as we said last week, it's a completely different situation between sociopath and, you know, drug addiction. But. <laughs> I I don't I don't know how he would solve the situation otherwise I guess if I if I want to play somewhat devil's advocate on his behalf like especially once he gets to like the to the to the shed that'll get to like I I don't know what else he's supposed to be inclined to do in order to solve the situation I mean he's trying to save his son he's trying to keep him safe somehow Ex- Yeah so. it's like if I want to argue for that like I don't know what steps I would take differently necessarily. I, besides listen, listening the, up, you're 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 confronted by the woman you love, by the woman that you left your son and wife for, um, and 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 her daughter, people that you have been prepared before all this went down to spend the rest of your life with, and they're telling you this happened. Why would they make that up? What would they possibly have to gain? He has got to have more sense than this. He's a freaking literature teacher. Okay? That means that he understands logic and reason to a point. And he is acting completely illogical and without reason by constantly believing that that something that he possibly can't fathom in his head couldn't happen. It just... Well, I don't, I don't get the lesson they're trying to teach him because he already got taught this lesson last exactly. season about not, you know, being attention, not paying attention to the signs, being, you know, just believing in something and and then this world that's crumbled, the society doesn't work the same way anymore. Like, I don't know what having him go back and revert to not believing all over again and not wanting to believe that people can do terrible things again. I mean, all of what you're saying, I agree with. I'm more arguing towards the later part of this episode past the ridiculous. I'm not going to believe you and do my own thing act and more of just where it goes from there. Yeah. Well, let's just take it on. So after the credits, we see Daniel walking around the property, looking a little unhinged. Okay. That was all before the credits, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that was after the credits. No, that was after the credits. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I think well, it's true. I think we talked about before. Travis, Silent opening, by the way. It was, and I, like I said, I don't know what that means. I mean, we, we've they've alternated between the, the crazy tone and the the no tone. So I mean, I don't know if that means it's a good episode or not, but I guess not. Travis is on the prowl for Chris. In the night, or actually, no, it's daytime now, and he notices a dead walker kind of leaning, sitting on a fence with a knife stuck in his head. He then leans over, takes the knife, and continues on. But at that point, we can see his socks are kind of getting bloody at that point, so he's his feet are getting kind of torn up. 
We cut to Mad Maddie is at it again. She has another grumpy conversation with her two kids, telling Nick and Alicia that they have to gather supplies and be ready to move out of the compound by nightfall. And Nick disagrees, saying that, look, Celia is just upset. He'll handle her. He understands her. And Maddie literally grits her teeth. And you can see this. She goes, <laughs> yeah. she goes, and she goes, stay away from Celia. <laughs> and then storms off. Yeah. I mean, could she be any more grumpy You're at this my point? My son. It was like, it was just, I don't even, I don't know what the deal with that was. It was. She's just angry. She's an angry woman. I mean, she's not it's, happy. It's poor direction. I mean, honestly, yeah. because, you know, I'm like, it's fine to, obviously, Celia is bad news, and the character understands this. It's the kind of the approach to making us understand that she understands this that's kind of laughable. Right. Well, we then cut around to Travis again. He's still on the lookout for Chris. He finds a small house or a shanty or something with a Mexican man inside. They have a little bit of a language problem, but the man... Seems kind and gives Travis some water. Lets him kind of recoup for a minute. Um, did I? Did we see him get hurt with the? Did we see him hurt his foot? Well, at the scene I just mentioned before, where he pulled the knife out of the zombie's head, you did see his feet there for a second. So he ran into the night with his socks on, and then by the daytime, his feet were kind of getting bloody. Okay. They showed the progression there. Okay. I, I mean, it's I don't not know. as it's not as pronounced, I would say, but yeah, I mean, it's it's starting it's to get the, bad. It's, it's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're looking for it, you can see it. I mean, or otherwise, you can just think he's pretty, you know, weary from his night. He went from weary to I, because I, I, I don't know. I thought I had missed something, and maybe he got cut badly or something. Well, because he was hobbling into the house almost, like he tried to sit right. down, and then that's he, what I mean. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, I thought that I had kind of, I almost wanted to rewind it back to think maybe I missed something, but. Yeah, it was it was strange. It was definitely strange. I mean, I thought maybe like you're like you're right. Like he ran like 50 miles or something, and his feet were just giving out. But then you saw that they were bloody. Yeah. So next we see Nick, old man, clothes, zombie guts, bringing uh, the zombified Luis back to his mother in the house. And Celia is very pleased at this point. She she tells the help, the house help, to put Luis in with the others and to take care of him. And then Celia tells Nick that he belongs there with them at the compound. Nick says, okay, but he pleads for his family to stay as well. Celia reluctantly agrees to let Nick's family stay as long as that he is responsible for them. But she insists that Victor Strand must go. And as he's leaving the room, she has a real interesting line. She goes, this is not apocalypse. This is our beginning. The end of death itself. Life eternal. No, she's, got some, she's got some lines. Yeah, the, she does. The zombie apocalypse happened before apocalypse comes out next week so yeah <laughs> it's not apocalypse no, it's, it's it's time to be you can then decide which one's more disappointing um oh. the um early on actually i meant to mention this alicia with the what's her name um the daughter um yeah alicia you got it alicia. yeah no the uh, sorry daniel's daughter oh ophelia ophelia um <clears throat> is his wife griselda is that the Yep. Yes, not Griselda Gunderson, just just Griselda <coughs> Salazar. Yes, right. We could well, we could assume her middle name was Griselda Gunderson Salazar. <laughs> um, I, I, I meant to I meant to mention I thought that perhaps when Daniel was having his second dream that maybe it wasn't a dream and that Ophelia would have like blood coming out of her eyes like Celia got her before like cookies. Oh, or, okay. I, like for, that's what I was kind of worried about, and then I was like, oh no, he's just going to do something gnarly. But uh, it brings me back to just Celia in general. Like this, <clears throat> this character like. 
as much as I'm down on the show, I'm still not down on Celia. Like she's evil, but she's like good actor. Every, everything, everything that she's doing in this episode, it works for me as far as what the character is supposed to be accomplishing. Yeah, it's that little hint of voodoo stuff. You know what I mean? She's got that little voodoo thing going on, and 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 you know, she she has some kind of insight into this into this new zombie world that we're in, apparently. And it, I mean, and I, I don't think it's insight. Oh, go ahead, Daryl. Well, I, I could see someone like I could see if you're religious to a point, something like this would either make you just say, I'm not religious. You know, religion means nothing to me anymore after this. Or it would push you to to believe so hard that you would it would kind of change your whole outlook on on just the whole world because well, you want to believe it. Like he, she does not want to accept that these are just zombies and they're dead. Well, I, I don't I don't know I mean I that, like I don't think it's so much insight as it is she obviously at least my impression is she practiced Santeria um, right we were saying that last time it's like some kind of so Mexican that, version yeah. of that or whatever yeah, yeah. It's so, well, she the, may even have a crystal ball maybe um, if I had a million dollars she, hey maybe she could uh, <laughs> let Travis have it that way yes but there's levels part. of it I mean um, my my aunt did it I mean she did but. It, she did something yeah, but like I'm she just would saying, say a prayer though. and she would, you know, like there were little things like if she was sick, she would say a prayer for someone. She would like candles. I mean, there's there's right. different levels of how much you believe in it. And right. she has gone to the point of these are not really they're, they're They haven't lost their souls as far as she's concerned. For, for the record, I don't practice Santeria and I ain't got no crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We were worried about you, Aaron. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Well, well, yeah. After his Batman versus Superman review, we know he can't see the future. So as, as long oh. as, uh, as as long as Santeri is used in the op- ending credits to this uh, for the song of choice of this episode, I'll be fine. <laughs> what do you want? Wait, which one do you want? Santeria. Santeria. Got it. Okay. Sublime. So got it. Or, or some Carlos Santana. Okay. But anyway, um. But if you think about it, in, in like the deep Santeria stuff, um, they actually have, you know, very similar to the way the voodoo with zombies and the dead walk the earth because their yes. souls have not found yeah. rest. Yeah, That's know. what this is. But she's gone to a whole new freaking level of crazy on top of that mixed in with her religious belief and just gone to this whole... It's it, it it it's not just their souls are still trapped here on Earth. That's our ascension. That's our next right. being. And right. like she says, I think something along the lines of it's our new beginning. So, and I can see that. I can see people snap. Like I, this is something so crazy that I could like to have a world where people are coming back to like coming back to life as zombies. I mean, that is something that would drive. A lot of people insane almost and to co- i mean and we do things to cope with trauma and this is how she's coping with her trauma it is interesting i mean you're right we've seen so much zombie happening in the original series that you got to figure somewhere along the line there is going to be an occult or a religion kind of around this new world now and about the zombies and it, it, it's an interesting theory i don't know if it it was executed 100% here, although she did, I don't know the name of the actress, but she was very good. I mean, I liked her. Uh, Marlene Forte? Yeah, Forte, right. She yeah. was on the, yeah, excellent. I mean, I thought she delivered it really well. well she's always been, I mean, in everything I've seen her in, she's always been good. What like, else I, is she in? She's I, been in, play, she's been in major, uh, 
plays. She's been in other sh- movies. She's been in comedies, like, and stuff. Indie, like other, she's yeah. been in indie films. She's done TV. Like she's always been back and forth in in terms of playing, you know, in different things. She's always she's a, she's, she's a good character actress. Yeah, very good. Yeah, oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So we cut to, we see Victor digging a grave for his beloved Thomas. Daniel tells him to stop digging. He's still angry. Daniel's very unhinged at this point, too. He goes, this place is unholy, and that his friend would not rest here. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that was a what the F are you talking about? And even Strand said that. He goes, he goes are, you, are you okay, Daniel? Like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> We don't have time for this. Like, right. There's enough stuff going on, and you're talking crazy. Well, right. what what is nice about this episode is um, Kirkman and gang have shown us every possible level of crazy you can be in the zombie apocalypse, from somewhat just dealing with it to all the way cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And, wow, the, the level of crazy that Daniel's at, and then just, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how he got to this point again. But I mean, like, all right. When again, I, I don't find it that interesting. To be fair, no. do you know? All right, I'm. A, no. I'll, all I'll say is this: like when Rick lost it and started hallucinating and seeing his dead wife. All right, I guess but you can imagine. You can see that happening, right? Like, You're right. I mean, like he went through you, repeatedly horrible right. things happen repeatedly to him, and and you can understand. Yeah. Although Daniel did lose his wife too. So it's like maybe it's the same type of thing. I don't see. Re- it seems like he's seen some rough shit before. He can't deal with his wife dying. Right. No like, <laughs> it's like he won it both ways. Like you want to say he's he's seen so many horrible things and he's he, he's used to this. And then at the same time, you want to say he can't handle this right now. Yeah. Like which well, one? Is the that? other thing is too to actually use the almost the same exact trope that they did with Rick. Yeah. You know, but. The thing here is they were trying to accomplish something a little different. With Rick, he was just becoming unhinged, but there wasn't this level of, you know, doom and gloom walking towards his death kind of thing. Whereas it's obvious that Daniel is, is he's bye-bye. He, he is not coming back from this. And he's either going to do something or whatever. Well, I mean, we by, the end of, by the end of this episode, he might come back from this. I mean, that could be Possibly. his catharsis. I mean, her... Yeah. In the flames, that could be it for him. He accepts her death or whatnot. Of course, they don't really know what happened after the. But I'm just saying, is is having him talking to or hearing his dead wife, instead of reusing the same thing that you had with Rick, have something else happening that's showing us his unraveling, and then at the very end, which I think it would have, um, you know. Um, highlighted it more because what they were accomplishing there at the end of her walking out from those faces of the well they were zombies and then their faces of the right people it changed the people. over the year yeah. mm-hmm. and then she comes out it's obviously a whole metaphor of she's meeting him, or he's meeting her back again back in the afterlife but instead of having her being crazy voice all through the episode to him you know demonstrate that in another way and then it's more meaningful to me I think when she steps out from that crowd of the people he killed over his life. I don't know, but it, I, I don't, don't use the same thing you already showed us in another show. I would have right. almost been like if he had did something where Mar- Marlene tried to kill them and he killed Marlene. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ce- Celia. I mean, I keep saying yeah. the actress's name, yeah, but she yeah. tra- he killed Celia and then sees his wife's face. 
in her face when she dies because she's kind of been like picking at him early on she picked at him about stuff like she knew there was something going on with him like i i would have kind of got it more than if she if something like that had happened and that made him snap a little bit no yeah you're right because, I mean, even when she interrogates him a little bit later on, like, they interchange voices almost. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. He, she, he hears his wife's voice, but really it's her ta- it's Celia talking. So there's, right. there's right. some connection there. You're right. That's a good way of looking at it. Well, we see Nick. He's outside taking a shower by the pool. Madison brings him some dry clothes. And then she accuses him of being different since they left L.A. Right. Again, scoffing at him, scorning him, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just grumpy, gritting her teeth. Yeah. Uh, he says that he was different before that. And she doesn't understand, Madison now doesn't understand his fascination with the dead. Mad Maddie gets even grumpier here, scowling at him, saying that when he was on the shore digging through the remains of Flight 462, he came back all covered in, in guts and whatever. And Nick says that on that day on the beach, he realized that he can move among these people, move among them. He didn't feel fear. He didn't feel hate. He just realized he can blend in with them. Yeah, it's a great, I, uh, great new drug that he found. Right. Well, that or you know, something, something that people with addiction issues is they're always looking. Besides looking for that next high or whatever the addiction is, they're also looking for acceptance, and because they're usually very much on the outside, at least uh, for the people that they want that they want to be around. Um, and in this case, I think I think that he feels he feels like he's one of them. He may not be a mindless zombie, but he he understands them, and I think he feels they understand him. Yeah. No. Huh. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. is he now an adrenaline junkie? Is that where he's going now? I mean, is that... I don't even think there's adrenaline coming. No. Not, right? No. So, I yeah, I think uh... it's the acceptance. I I yeah. think that he feels he finally has something he fits into. So he he's a ninja in this world. He can move in and out of these dead people, and it's kind of like his power. Well, I could like the whole thing of when his mother looks at him, when his sister looks at him, when his stepfather or you know looks at him all they see is junkie you were a junkie in his eyes i'm saying i think like i i kind of get that like they treat him as if all they they know is that he was a junkie and they don't see anything else so now he strand sees him as a person that was the first uh, yeah, person he came across, and he bonded with him in the, in the beginning because he he treated him like a person. He, he you know, and he didn't he didn't look at him like a junkie. And then the same thing happens with you know when he meets Celia. I mean, she truly treats him like like a person, like like, like a real a valued person. person instead of a damaged individual. She doesn't Madison just and she's reverted to really treating him like he's nothing but damaged goods. And the more he the more well, she yells that, at and him. and just overly mothering him. Oh, yeah. Well, she's doing it because she keeps thinking of him as the damaged, junkie son. Like, she has not let him get out of that. Well, I also think there's a level of guilt there because everybody has mentioned before that there's something dark from her past that we have not learned as an audience yet. And I have a feeling whatever that dark thing is, it happened to also have the side effect of her neglecting or ignoring or something with Nick as he was younger, which drove him to what he became, you know? 
I and on top of that, I also think she has an addiction. She's at least an alcohol or something. Yeah, she's an alky. And, she, yeah. and she's seeing herself in him as well. I, I, mean, I don't I've think they this. have it written anymore. I don't. I truly really? am honestly thinking that they have. They don't know what they're going to do with her past right now. I I really honestly think that. I mean, it's all, we've seen the drinking, and they hinted that maybe her father beat her up or something. Like that's all we know so far of her past. And it's like at this point, who cares? I mean, I'm I'm tired of listening to her anyway. It's like I don't want to I don't want to hear about the past. <laughs> I I don't know. I think that like every time they start to evolve her character, and it in it whatever episode it's in, it's like you you start to see this like little nugget of something forming. That that's going to solidify how her character is going to be, and then they just boom two steps backwards by the end of whatever. I episode. think they scrapped it. I, I really think that when they were going in the direction of, of dealing with that, I think they just changed their minds. I I really do. Could be. I, I totally think that they went away from that now, and and now it's she's reverted back to the over you know the overprotective parent. But I don't I don't know now with the killer instinct. I mean, that's we, we said last week that she was inconsistent, and we've kind of marked on that pretty much throughout this entire mm, season. Yeah. And that continues to prove to be the thing. Well, I mean, that's, that's word, been yeah. kind of the thing with most of the characters since the first episode ever. Yes, but, but I mean, I would, I would, yes, I can agree with that to a point, but I would say Chris has been repeatedly annoying. I would say Travis <laughs> has been repeatedly spineless. Consistently, say, consistently, right? Okay. I would say, I would say, I would. I would yep. say Nick Nick has you know had the most progress. I would say Strand has been consistent all the way through. Right. Maddie yeah. Maddie's supposed to be essentially our lead character on this show. Yeah, She's the one we're supposed to follow along with. That shouldn't be the one that's the most wishy washy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, that we may we may not have been like as great about like Rick in the first couple seasons of Walking Dead, waiting him to kind of grow into his own. But I would I wouldn't argue that he's kind of went back and forth on things. I would say it. It serves a certain level of purpose that makes sense. It might not always be of the best of ways to handle Rick, but I can at least understand where things happen with him. There was this a true like, arc. There I, was an I, arc, a clear arc with Rick. This, this is just back and forth. This they literally just give up every week and say, "All right, let's try this time, and now let's try this time, right. and now let's do this." And well, do the other thing <laughs> too, though, is you know we went into the original series thinking you know Rick was who Rick is because of who Rick is in the comics. There's no precedence for this group, and the the showrunners, the producers, the writers, they kind of tried to force us in that direction of her being the leader, but we couldn't quite grasp on. And I think that to a point, like Daryl was saying about it's changed, I think that it's just from audience reaction and pe who people talk about on the internet and everything else, I think they're, they're going to shift the focal point to Nick. I think that's what they've been trying. Well, to they do. always said Nick was the main. They always said Nick was one of the lead. Well, he characters. wasn't the pilot. I think that was definitely Nick's story, the pilot episode. And they, well, no, I mean, but I they would... said it in the in the interviews and the Talking Dead. They they. But the I felt that said. I felt that Nick, the focus on Nick in the first uh, the ninety minute opening episode or whatever, um, you know, I I think that was more or less their catalyst for launching Madison. In a way, and, I, and 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 start getting us following Madison because okay, Jesus, okay. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, you. I just, you know, but the I, audience did not gravitate the way they planned it. I don't think. Well, and, I, I'm you know, going by the show by the what the showrunners had said originally from the all the 
first season was that Nick, and it surprised me because I didn't see it in the writing. They said Nick was the was the lead character in the in the show, and I didn't get it because they showed Nick as being so, you know, like broken and you know, like he was so needy and broken and stuff. I didn't see it. I saw Madison as the one who was the leader. She was the one that kind of because Travis was the. They tried to make him the. He's still innocent. He still has a positive outlook. She's the one that has to make the tough decisions. And then I, I thought that that's that she was going to be the lead because of that. And then it's and now it after that, especially this season, it seems I see more of Nick being more of the the uh, the centerpiece of of the show this I season. Would- I mean, it's clear, obviously it's an ensemble, but you have right. you know notable characters that stick out more. And I mean, it, I I'm respecting what you guys are saying, obviously, but I mean, it becomes a bit of a semantic argument about who's the true lead character on the show. True, it's yeah. ob- ob- obviously Travis, Nick, and and Madison are like the lead characters. Everyone else is also there, and it's the same way we're like Rick. It, well, basically, Rick is the lead oh, of Walking right, Dead. Yeah. Daryl, like, yeah. you're, you're, well, your second tier is like Daryl and I guess Glenn and. And um, what's Maggie, Mag- Maggie. I mean, like, and then and, and uh, Carol, I guess. And then you go, you keep going, kind of down the tiers from there. And it's it's up to the show to kind of form, you know, individual arcs based off episodes as well as season long arcs. And the first season, yes, I mean, it op- it, sto- it opens with Nick's, you know, with Nick, and you get a sense of what that's trying to do. But then you also have Madison, and that, Madison has like an arc for that season. I would say her arc is the strongest of things that happen in that season of her becoming aware of her surroundings. And the problem with this season is that it seems to forgot that she had an arc in the first season. Yeah. It, it, however, point. affecting it would have it was in the first season. It was still there, and it feels like she was taken back, you know, reduced to grant, you know, ground, ground zero. And then we have, you know, Travis, who's basically useless besides fixing a boat, which hasn't been useful for a couple episodes now. <laughs> and then we have, and so we're like, we're left to rely on Nick, who the writers seem to get. They seem to get Nick up until this episode. But like, they, um, they, they basically seem to have him to rely on. And for the most part, it's been effective. But it's just like this episode, feel, if it's supposed to be a culmination of things that have been building, I don't know what they've been building, but they built it wrong. Yeah, it's got its problems. Well, let's continue on. Daniel finds Ophelia at the shrine again and grabs her by the arm. He says that her mother is outside uh, the gates waiting for them, so he's definitely in full loony mode at this point. A few of the guards see this go down and try to stop Daniel from leaving. He's kind of grabbing Ophelia and dragging her outside the compound. Daniel then grabs a knife that we saw him sharpening earlier on, and he slashes Jorge, one of the main henchmen, across the face, but then gets beat up a bit by the other henchmen, so he's kind of wounded and they kind of have to grab onto him. Um, I was, I'm surprised they didn't just kill him right there. <laughs> exactly, that's what I thought. And the reactions they had is like, "What, Daniel? What are you doing?" Like it was so like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like they're strangers. Nobody like like why? I'm I'm really surprised they just didn't take him and kill him. <laughs> so we then cut to Mad Maddie visiting Strand, still digging, and she's worried that Nick is getting sucked into Celia's voodoo ways. And Strand basically confirms it for her and says that, yeah, she pretty much has her hooks into him. I mean, he's an ex-junkie, and he's looking for something to to buy into, and she's definitely got that. Yep. Back to Travis <laughs> in the shanty. The Mexican man gives him some, some of his shoes and tries to send Travis on his way, say, oh, go east. So he, the, the, he saw Chris, and he was heading east, east. But on the way out, Travis noticed that 
this Mexican man who claimed he couldn't read English or speak English had an English book on the bed and then sees kind of like a shadow move under the door in the other room. Classic literature professor research right there. <laughs> His deducting abilities by Travis, second to none when it comes to English oh. books in the room. <laughs> he can discover English books like a boss. Like a boss. Wow. Never mind you know, witness <laughs> witnesses to his son's evil behavior. If there's a no. literature book in the room, he spots that like an owl. I got this. <laughs> so Travis busts down the door in that other room and finds Chris in there holding a little boy hostage at gunpoint. Because I'm crazy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not, nothing's good about this. No. Like. Doesn't like he even says like like the the Mexican man says like don't go in there. He said he hurt my boy. Exactly. Like, he whispered it to him. Yeah, he whispered yeah. it. He's like just go, just go, and yeah. It's like Travis. Like that that doesn't mean make sure to smash into a room that you don't know what's going to happen on the other side because there's some some innocent kid that could be killed at this point. But like he does it anyway, and sure enough, there's Chris all pouty faced looking. Oh, you don't know me. <laughs> you know, you know, I can do no. things. That was a good Chris. That was actually pretty good. There, that was a great Chris. I learned this by watching. You. <laughs> oh, he said, "You don't know me." That. So back at the house, Celia is giving the eulogy at the gravesite of Abigail, uh, and wonderful. then basically, what's that? <laughs> it was a wonderful eulogy. Yes, it was. It was. It was lovely. Um, Celia then, after that's over, tells Strand that he's out now. He's got to go now, but he refuses, saying he's not finished yet, and meaning he has to finish burying his friend, um, Ophelia approaches Celia on the way back into the house and asks, where are they keeping her father? And she insists, it's okay, he's safe, he's just resting right now, we have to, we're, we're looking after him. <laughs> right. So, back to the hut again, Pouty Chris explains why he wants to run away, and that they all look at him differently now, they're looking at him different. Well, obviously, back. he tried to kill two ladies, or at least attempted to. But let's back up looks... before that, he shot a guy in the face on the boat. Like yeah, that, right. That's that's why they can't look at him, right? Because he shot that started a, it. Yeah. Shot a, yeah, shot a guy tied up in a chair in the face. Done. Like that's 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 why you Very look much. at him differently. <laughs> but even the scene with the I like even in the bedroom, I still don't get what he was trying to do. Like, like what was the end game there? Like what was he going right, to do? Because he, he was going to cut so... Madison's throat. Are you serious? <laughs> but he was so hesitant. Like I, I'm pretty sure he was. I I agree. I don't. I don't know what to hesitate on thought about that. He walked into a room with a knife. With a knife, he checked to see if his like secret like sister-in-law girlfriend was awake. <laughs> she wasn't. He's like, "All right, now time to proceed with this throat slashing to take care of that evil woman that tattled on me for not saving her life on the beach." Like, but it seems like a moment of hesitation. Like it, it seemed like did. he was. Oh yeah, he's probably not thrilled about doing it, but oh, he's okay, still going to okay. do it. Right. But it almost <laughs> seemed like he wanted to tell her, "No, I'm not crazy. I'm not." And then. I, I would say if she was awake, she probably could have talked him out of what he was going to do. Okay, but, if, right, but, yeah. but that she wasn't awake, he was. Go I feel like he was going to go through with it. And the only thing that saved him is that Strand took a bullet to Abigail's face. At that moment, right? Exactly. At that very woke, moment, it woke that's, him the, only, up. that's yeah. the only thing that stops Madison from being dead again. <laughs> so Travis knocks the gun out of Chris's hands, and then Chris runs out of the house. Travis, you don't then know me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> as he's running, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I imagine he's running. We like, there's 
there's so there's like a there's a scale of like running that looks cool, and on the top of that scale is like Robert Patrick and Terminator Two T one thousand. That's right, ultimate like, cool, right? That's ultimate the, cool run. Okay. Yes, and at the bottom of that list is George Clooney and flip flops and the Descendants. He's like way past like George Clooney and the flip flops <laughs> yeah. and the Descendants. Where on that scale is Forrest Gump? Three years no showers, growing hair, running. A oh, Forrest Gump's right up there with Robert Patrick. He's he's okay. You know, He's okay. running, he's not stopping, he's got that beard going, <laughs> happens, you know. Because he felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'll go home. So, Travis ultimately catches up to running Chris and tackles him. Uh, Chris then, as he's on the ground, then takes Travis's knife out of its holster and on his belt and then tries to basically kill his father. But then and Travis Aaron, disarms him. And yell? What's that? You don't know me! That's what you- <laughs> We got, I don't want your life. All right, we, we need a meme, and we need it now. You don't know me. <laughs> with, with Lorenzo's face on there, right? <laughs> That's the ending song. That's it. That's the song. So, uh, but then Travis disarms him. Back at the house, we see Daniel tied to a chair. He's in. He's in a, kind of a, a where the wine is being distilled or, or being fermented, and Celia is questioning him in a kind of a creepy way. And um, this is where we hear uh, Griselda's voice kind of intertwining with with Celia's voice, and you know he, Daniel's starting to really hallucinate at this point. Um, Celia really begs Daniel to confess his sins to her and that it will set him free, but he refuses and says there's nothing to say to her. And then obviously we then we see we see the hallucination of Griselda short after that shortly after that. Yep, he uh, he goes uh, full uh, full on psycho, Not psycho, <laughs> full full on uh, delusional, full on hallucination. Yeah. So when Nick, you start seeing your wife like Obi Wan Kenobi, it's time to check out. <laughs> I mean, although if the show like did a blue outline and a glow around her, I'd be completely into it a lot more. I so, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, Nick, we see him back in full bloody face again after he showered and cleaned up. He got back in the bloody face and catches up to Travis in the countryside. And Travis explains that, look, he has to disappear for a while with Chris. Chris can't return to the group right now, and he can't let him go off on his own. Travis tells Nick to tell Mad Maddie that he didn't run into them. Basically, if, if you're asked, Nick, you didn't see us. Nick agrees and gives Travis uh, his own knife just to just Our- so give it to him. Are we just like good on like Nick showing up in Zombie Guts now? By the way, like he just like kind of emerged. Like we we didn't see him even prep for this one. He just kind of no. did it. Like he well, just no, kind of showed he, up. He's a guts quint quick change artist. But it's like <laughs> it's just like it's like it's, it's like it's like it's like a superhero costume now. Yeah. Right? He, just, he like hops in a phone, oh, yeah. and spins around, yeah. he's covered in blood. <laughs> because like he just kind of emerges from the shadows, and like Travis doesn't even quite. He's like, oh, there's Nick again, <laughs> covered in guts like usual. It's like part of his uniform now. I mean, it, it really just is. Overdo it already. Like it's overdone already. He looks badass though when he's covered like that. He looks crazy. I mean, he does. It's... But there's only so many times you can have him come back in slow motion with the blood on him and the crazy eyes. All like, right, all right. You can't over, do that trope anymore. Yeah, you can't do it again. It's like uh, like the Incredible Hulk. Like you know, you only see him turn into the Hulk like once an episode, right? You can't do it like multiple times. Is that it? Well, it's, not, it's not. It's not like Rick and Glenn are constantly like, "Let's put those zombie guts on us." That worked. Like, exactly. Let's keep doing it, guys. Again, he feels acceptance. That's how he feels normal. Oh, yeah. okay. 
All right. Wait, yeah, with the, yeah. So this part, I I'm more commenting on the show's reuse. Exactly. We could, oh yeah. I can yeah. understand the logic of the character doing it, but it's like the show's really having to ball with the fact that they can, and that's kind of, it's not bothersome. It's just more. It's just noticeable. It is. It almost almost to the point of taking me out of the episode. Mm-hmm. But there's way too many other stupid characters that already take me out of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mad Maddie then catches up to Celia in the bedroom, and she's making the bed, and they talk a little about Nick, and Celia praises Nick and how bright he is, and et cetera, and she, she's just basically saying how well Nick's going to fit in there. Maddie then asks Celia to show her the true way, so to speak, like she wants to understand where Celia's coming from, and, or the way of things, and then Celia says, okay, come with me, Maddie, and then they, they disappear out of the room, going somewhere. We see Daniel still tied up in the chair, having a hallucination of his dead wife still. Griselda now wants him to confess to his first victim. And then we cut to another flashback. Really kind of the same point we were in the beginning of the episode. And Daniel, as a boy, was given a gun and told to shoot a wounded man laying in the muddy river. And this apparently was his first victim. Mm -hmm. And it changed his life life forever. And he's still carrying around a a lot of guilt because of that, it seems like. But, but, but Griselda's happy to inform him that he was the first right. victim. But did you see that coming? What do you what mean? The, I can like you could just see it coming that she was going to say he was the first victim. Like yeah, it was it, well, really, the, yeah, as I said, this doesn't really interest yeah. me. Honestly, like as much right. as I'm like, oh, cool backstory. The backstory we're being given is like, oh yeah, he's 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 rough. He's rough and he's raised from the jungle and. He's got a dark past. And- we well, already you- learned all that about him. But did so- you hear his backstory? He's he's saying for uh, the actor uh, Ruben Blades. He's saying for his backstory what he thinks, not from the writers. He thinks he's he's done black ops. All right, he said that. He goes, that's only in his mind though. Like right. it's not like he, that's where he's drawing his character from. But it's bad when you yeah. have to make up stuff for your character to feel like you can relate to your character at all. Like you can understand what the motivations for your character for this episode Most it was almost like No, but it was almost like he they couldn't talk to him about it. He had to come up with his own thing to to understand it cuz he's like pathetic, he huh? didn't understand. No, I, yeah, Daryl, I see what you're saying and I can I can agree that it's you know, yeah, it's one thing for Rich you say like it's what yes, like, actors are often like kind of de- I mean, develop Daniel their own. Day-Lewis, I've heard some weird stories about him. Yeah, well, yeah there's well, yeah, yeah. Wait, okay, yes. Method acting. You know, actors, yeah. a- actors often like develop backstories or someone to kind of get themselves in touch with a character, but there is right. a collaborative process that goes down with the filmmakers. That what Daryl's saying seems to have not been there, as if right. like Rupert Blades right. had to do this himself because they weren't giving him. Oh much. yeah, yeah. Okay. I and that. I can I can buy into that at the same time. If he thinks himself as like a, a former black ops agent, he was, must have been thrown out of black ops pretty quickly based off the actions he takes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you really have to go. But if I but I can understand him like you can almost feel a little bit of the frustration when he was talking about it. I I mean I can as you know as a you know a seasoned actor slash you know you know a talented guy who could do pretty much whatever things that I imagine things are being tossed his way, not necessarily like you know giant roles or anything, but things that like bit parts or character roles or whatnot. And he's chosen Fear of the Walking Dead because it's like, all right, here's a, like a stable TV series I could be a part of. That sounds cool. And he can go to the and, cons for the next ten years and, and, and make money <laughs> signing can, pictures. All right, let's be yeah, honest here. He, 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 yeah. can, he can walk up to Edward James almost and be like, "You're not the only Mascara Escalante." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stand like, and deliver that. Yeah, right. exactly. Thank you. Thank you for picking that one up. Uh, but like. 
but like the idea of like taking on a role like that and be like, all right, this should work out fine. I've heard other good things about the other show, and whatnot. And then what you're given is just like this, and what what this being the show that we're watching currently, because I don't right. feel like there's many people that are all that positive, especially on this episode. Watching it, it's like, all right, I guess I got to do this myself. I, I can see it as being just frustrating and annoying, and you just have to kind of like, well, I'll do the best. And I don't think Bruce Blades is doing a bad job. He's doing the best. Not at all. He's not at all. He's no. putting the effort into it. I see yeah. that. And if you have to be on, you know, Chris Hardwick's Let's Jerk Off the Show for half, an hour and a half, like, I mean, I <laughs> obviously you're gonna, <laughs> you're It's an hour, by the way. It's an hour afterwards. That's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking about. You're going to have to speak a certain way about the show. And, like, <laughs> you can't always necessarily hide the emotion that comes behind what you're trying to say. But, I mean, at least he's, I guess he's trying. Like, no, one, no one's not trying. Like, if you want to oh, give everybody, like, a soccer there. trophy for effort, like, it's there. I see it. Yeah, I but I, I watched that. Talking Dead just so I could kind of get from the actors like if what they're because you can tell when an actor is really excited about their part and when oh, they're yeah. Yeah. all right. Well, let me ask you a question: Who was the least excited actor this season that we saw in the Talking Dead? Madison, yeah, man. Kim uh, Dickens, Kim Dickens. She, yep. It was almost like yeah. she's a zombie talking about. It. <laughs> like I've seen her talk about other stuff she's worked on, who, and she just you can tell she's it? next, huh? Who was on it last night? Because I didn't it see was it. Cliff it, Curtis and then Ruben Blades okay. and uh, Galen Hurd, and right. the woman that played Celia, right? And the, yeah, the one that, the guest star that played Celia, right? Oh, right. I saw I saw that in the preview. I was fast forwarding through, and she was more and and the actress that played Celia, she was more excited about her father being excited about the show. Right, her father was a fan of the of the original right. Walking of Dead, the original and, yeah. ones. She right. was, and she wound up talking more oh. about Walking Dead than she did Fear of the Walking Dead. So <laughs> those little those little clues kind of get you into probably how they. Well, you see, like, because like, a lot of the actors, mainly the younger actors, you know, this is one of their first roles or you know something new to them. Where Kim Dickens, she's been around a while. She's yes. been, and she's good in things, and she's very big, good. It's just been good in big movies like like Gone Girl, for example. Yeah, like, yeah. Just uh, like, uh, and you know, she's Invisible, had, she, Invisible Man too, wasn't she in that one? Or um, she's in Hollow Man. Hollow yeah. Man, that's what I meant. Okay, yeah. Well, like Hollow she's Man. even on like House of Cards, also like which is probably yep. co- filming concurrently with this True. show. Yeah. And uh, what was she in Sons Trape, of Anarchy too? Right, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Like these are yeah. And Deadwood, but, where she killed it, absolutely it killed it in when, Deadwood. Yeah, I remember. Who was she in Sons? I don't remember her. She was only on a couple Jane? episodes, I think. She was like not that many. Oh, okay. Because what, yeah. what, what I'm trying to say though is like she can recognize, you know, what's going into a character she's right. trying to play. Right. And I can say that, you know, for uh, uh, Cliff Curtis as well. I can't imagine Cliff. I haven't watched Rocking Dead, but I can't imagine Cliff Curtis being over the moon about being you know, one of the stars of The Walking Dead. Well, he's been on Talking Dead quite a few times, and every okay. time he's been on there, it's been he's kind of a snorefest. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> he's not that far off from from his own character. That's for sure. <laughs> and he keeps saying, "I hope I make it to season three. Like he said it fifteen times already on the Talking Dead. Like he did. It's so right? weird to hear. Yeah, he's been coached well, but I don't. I mean, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Go, I want to talk about what the actors maybe. I don't want to speculate that way. Let's keep talking about the show. Let's do it. So uh, Celia brings Maddie to the wine cellar with the Walkers, and then asks Maddie what she wouldn't do for her own children. I mean, she's she's likening the Walkers in the in this wine cellar that are just ravening and they're eating things, and uh, as her children." And Maddie slowly walks out backwards and says nothing and then locks Celia in the cage yes. with the they walkers. They telegraphed that so much and I they saw did. it coming, but I still loved it. I thought that that was probably one of the best moments of the episode was that. I felt Crystal nothing. Ball didn't show her that. No, 
I just yep. I didn't feel anything. <laughs> but I will say one last thing about that though that was telling is that they Ruben Blades talked about their scenes that they that they worked out on their own. Mm-hmm. There was a scene when they came back from the beach where uh he walks up to Nick. Not Nick, he walks up to Chris. Uh Chris. Yeah. And they worked it out themselves. Like Chris was like, you know, hit me. Like you should you should come up to me and you should hit me hard. Right. Like for the scene to show your anger at what I did, and they they did it. Like he 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 said they walked up, they they hit him. He goes up and he hits the kid, and he was like, "The kid's a tough kid because he could take a hit." And then he and and that's what they talked about. And he, and then he said that they cut that entire thing out. Yeah, they did. it was maybe a deleted scene or something in the, yeah. in the Blu-ray. I mean, who knows? Who needs it, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I mean I like I like Celia's look though I just want to say that when she's in the cage and she realizes that she's doomed like she had this very that tear that yeah but it was kind of almost a calm look like okay this is the end of my life now but it's not really right. over like it's it's right. not really over because yeah. she she believes their purpose is to ascend this new beginning so right. she wasn't really ready at that point but she, she resigned herself to it like it was exactly yeah it's not a character I'd expect to be super upset about these kind of things no right. Yeah. So we cut back to Daniel in the chair. Uh, Jorge is untying his hand a little bit so he can get a bite to eat. And Daniel then headbutts him and manages to break the chair and escape the ropes. Uh, Daniel then grabs a lighter out of Jorge's pocket. We see that. Um, cut to the main gates. Strand is now being escorted out. It's now nighttime again. Strand is being kind of walked out. And then he has the best line, I think, yes. ever. He says, <laughs> as he's waving, he says, don't worry about me. I'll hail a cab. <laughs> and he's it's like, Strand, like, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Coleman Domingo. Like, his yeah. um, his delivery of, like, Strand lines are so, like, awesome where he's just like, don't worry about me. I'll hail a cab. I'll like, hail it's a just, cab. It's just so, like, perfect to, like, what needs to be said. Especially given how, like, useless the character's been this episode. Like it, it's like all right. Like at least he got to go like a champ with this line. <laughs> well, it shows that he's back to Strand again. Like I, I'm he's kind of into the, that. Exactly. Yeah. Back, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The Strand we know and love. Like that, he's throwing the one-liners out again. Okay, this is good. This is good. It's a good sign. I don't. And, I don't know where things are going from here. But like <laughs> I like that. Like at least that's at least that's back. <laughs> so he's Daniel. Yeah. Daniel is then seen in the wine cellar carrying a jug of gasoline and then pouring it all over the floor. And this is kind of a cool scene, and Richard, you said it, where the walkers are approaching him, and they start off as walkers, but then they kind of slowly change into people. Yes. And it was interesting. It was cool. It was cinematically, I thought it was actually pretty neat. And then ultimately, from the middle of that crowd, his wife, Griselda, his dead wife, appears, and they, they have a dialogue. I think she says, I'm ready, or thank you, or something like that. He then opens the lighter and drops it on the floor to light the place on fire. And we see yeah. the whole place go up. Looks like there's fire underneath his legs, basically. I mean, he's yeah, it does. And there was a cool shot where you see the fire actually reflecting in his eyeballs. Like that was pretty nice. Too. That was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, that was utterly beautiful when they yeah, did that. Yeah, every everything about the filmmaking in this sequence is awesome. Everything about the consequences of this makes no sense to me because presumably he doesn't know and have any idea where his daughter is. He just randomly burns a place down and it immediately <laughs> goes up in flames. So he probably could have just killed his daughter if he didn't know any better. That's true. Yeah. So Strand now in the pickup truck, uh, he got the pickup truck, he sees the house on fire in the distance and returns to pick up Maddie and, the, and essentially the girls. It's Alicia and Ophelia and Madison are together. And, and Strand, Strand at this point says, 
come on, we'll go back to the boat, in which I, in my notes here I wrote back to the boat in caps with multiple question marks and exclamation points. The boat is just still there? Yeah, that's the pirates didn't, didn't get it. That's it's their just, plan? Yeah, yeah right. They have to go back to a boat? Well, <laughs> there is no way that that boat should still be there. And if it is still there... That's just poor writing. I, I hope there's like there's like two branches over it to hide it. <laughs> like, or something like it's a camouflage net yeah. over it, right? Okay. It was, was almost yeah. like they were reminding us that we still have the boat. So Listen, guys, we spent a lot of money on that boat we built. All right, we have to go back to it and use it a few more episodes. We got to spread the cost out a bit. Come I mean, on. at least when they go back, have it be already inhabited by pirates or something, because there's no way people are just going to walk by and let a boat like that not just somebody would take it. Well, here's that a bigger question. Where was Luis, though? Where did where did Nick go and retrieve Luis? Was he still I, on the yeah. boat? I assume the boat. Assume, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. the yeah. boat's still there, or maybe they tied him up to a tree on the dock. I mean, who knows where they got it? I, you know? I, well, I mean, the show has proven to be this stupid, so I assume the boat at this point is just like he was just lying on the boat as a zombie. Just and like, that is just stupid. There is no way that that boat. Well, I don't know. It has only been one day, though, right? Essentially, one and a half days, maybe, or something. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's about it. Even then, I got. I mean, for one thing, the boats were coming after those fools. Right, it was a flotilla out there. It was a, and we talk, right. yeah. And we we talked about how stupid it was last week, where they're just kind of like the cut to commercial, cut back, and they're just walking on the dirt all of a sudden. Like, what happened to the boat? Whatever. Okay, <laughs> firing it, fifty cal at the boat, and it, it's okay. It, yeah, it's done now. Just like negated everything that happened involving you know the boat that we had for the most of the season. Now now we're going back to the boat. So apparently, the boat it really is a fixture of this show now. If that's what we're heading back to, they got to spread oh, it out. It costs a little bit more. You know, they got to get, get the, the money's worth. Yeah. yeah, they got to get the money's worth of that green screen. Got <laughs> <laughs> work that boat. So we also see, as the fire had drawn Strand back to the compound, Nick, who's returning from his journey to find uh, Travis, he also sees the place burning down at night in the in the you know in the woods, and he returns. He meets up with Maddie right at at the outside, and he says, "Okay, look, I never found Travis, so he kept his word." Um, but he asks about Celia. And Maddie kind of dodges the question and says, all right, come on, look, we have to go. We have to go to the boat. Come on, Nick, we have to go to the boat. And he says, you know, Silly was right about you guys. He goes, you come and you destroy everything. And you know would be a great response to that? Daniel burned the place down. I had nothing to do with it. Get the fucking truck. Maybe that would right. be right. to say. Exactly. One in the script. <laughs> Didn't do it. So, and then he decides to just leave the group and run off into the woods. Um, the, the the house people are coming. They're armed. They're they're looking for vengeance. Strand says, "Look, we have to go. We have to go." So he drives in the truck with Madison and, and, and the two other girls. I guess is presumably off to the boat. Nick is left wandering in the woods somewhere. Daniel could be burned up. We don't really know. And and uh, Travis is out there with his crazy son. And that's how we end the season, guys. Well, I picture Nick running with the herds of zombies. Like that's just just I, being out I, there yeah, in the woods, yeah. Yeah, he's just out in the woods. Yeah, he's yeah. just running. He's, he's running wild with wood. Yeah, he's like he's, he's like Mo- he's like Mowgli in Zombie Jungle Book. <laughs> he's Mowgli. Yeah, yeah. He's just running wild with them. Yeah. Now, what they have done with the way Tarzan, the Tarzan, I guess, if you want to go. <laughs> what they have done with the way they ended this first half of the season is they have given themselves a great opportunity, and I'm hoping they cash in on it, and that is. One of the things that we've had with The Walking Dead all along, whether you read the comic or just watch the show in, in both instances, we have followed one, one group, and that group has kind of stayed cohesive for the most part, you know, lost characters, obviously, but, you know, 
what they what we have now though is obviously when society broke down there were people who got along who had certain philosophies that aligned just right to where they could be around each other um but obviously people are going to break apart people are going to have different ideals of how to handle this and now we have the opportunity to see what was once a cohesive group wasn't split apart by the fact by by their circumstance they were split apart by because of what they're believing right now and now we get to see what those journeys are hopefully hopefully that's what we're going to have out of this so you think they're going to stay apart for quite a while I'm hoping so. I have a feeling Nick might end up joining uh, Travis at some point, but mm. I'm thinking the smart play is keep them apart. Have two separate storylines going on. Focus them at different points in episodes for a while. I mean, because obviously the two camps, it's split into two camps who have two very different ideological beliefs in what in, in how to handle this zombie apocalypse. And I think this is a good opportunity. And at some point, um, I th- I think that um, Chris may possibly become a governor or Negan-type villain or something like that. Very possible. Uh, if he makes it through the season. That's I a mean, lot of wishful thinking right there. Yeah. Oh, I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying that I could see that possibility because he definitely has a character who, who has who – has, been bound by society's rules but now no longer is and can act however he wishes and he's he's embracing that i i think chris is going to find redemption but then too late i think he'll he'll be redeemed he'll see the light side but then it'll be right. his, it, it'll be curtains for him right at that moment that's what i well, think is going to happen to him that's the issue i you know i'm kind of finding with the show in general where the stakes don't seem very high so far mm-hmm. we have a lot of characters and nothing seems to be happening to any of them they get into some scraps and you know get out of it and then it's you know another week like there's nothing really that's threatening the way of life of these people beyond like we need to i mean even their living situation has been generally like comfortable they're They're watching tv they're hanging out they're on a yacht it's like and they're not even trained like this is not like there's police officers here and hunters and all that kind of stuff like these they're very vulnerable and they seem to be able to get through stuff pretty easy. It's like I, I don't need it to be exactly the walk. I don't want it to be the Walking Dead proper. I want it to be its own thing. But its own thing's not very compelling so far because we have characters that are inconsistent. We have r- random developments that seem to take off in a few episodes' time and hope that it like has an emotional payoff in some way. Do, Do I think, think it's fixable? I think it's fixable. I think it just they just need to actually fix it. Like I, yeah. it was fi- it was being fixed for the first half of this half of a season. I mean, we it liked was, every yeah. we liked every episode more than the last one each time for like the first four episodes or whatnot. Then it kind of plateaued, and then it got to this mess. So uh, it's like it's obviously there's ways to go, and like I look forward to. I look forward to knowing what the arc needs to be to finish off this season because obviously the you know Abigail arc was what was going on here and that's over now. We have I have no idea what direction the show is going to take. So that like Rich you're saying can work to its advantage if they let it go very various directions that can mix up, you know which characters hang with which because of what they want to believe in or whatnot. Right. But it could also go nowhere because we don't know where we're going and I'm not really invested enough to be like I definitely want it to go this way. So it just it needs to figure out itself. It needs to make me want to watch what it. What would be really cool is if the two camps end up becoming, you know, we they follow through for several seasons and they end up becoming larger than just the groups that, that we're starting with here. And they end up, unbeknownst to our original characters, going against each other. And, you know, that would be interesting, too. 
Well, it's like it, it seems like the ambition's there to do something that's interesting. Like they brought the whole web series, the Flight 462 web series, our beloved Flight 462 web epic. series. Uh, it's called what it is. Uh, it's epic, like, Aaron. Say it's it like the way it is. It's our <laughs> epic, beloved Flight 462 web series where, like, <laughs> we thought, like, okay, like this is really stupid, but at least it got us some entertaining stuff out of it. And then it led to a character being introduced only to take her away pretty quickly. So she's still like, out there, though. Yeah, she's still out there. Yeah. yeah, I totally forgot. She's, she's probably she's probably back at the boat, right? But she's like, at the at the tuna boat, right? She's hanging out there, or, so or she's at, at the Abigail. She's at the uh, yeah. So Who it's knows? like it's not like this. It's not like this writing staff's beyond having interesting ideas that you know shake things up a bit. And like I just I don't know what they're not doing to tap into what makes that work to its best potential. It's it's I'm, I can't like say this show needs to be the best show on TV every week. That's impossible. But I can say the show should be at least engaging. And it really isn't, guys. Like I'm, waiting, I'm, I'm watching it because we're doing this show, basically. Right. I want to watch it because I love the Walking Dead universe. I support the comics, the show, the games, and what have you. But like <laughs> this Fear of the Walking Dead thing, it's not proving to be the best investment so far. And if you're going to give me a season three announcement t- two weeks into season two, you better have a damn way of knowing what you want to do with it. Because right now right, I'm not seeing exactly. It. Yeah, and it was just for ratings. Pieces. I mean, you have yeah. actor, you have good actors on that. Yeah, you have. Yeah. So it's yep. like you have the pieces. Like this, str- those Strand episodes were so compelling. I mean, you know, like Daniel before he cracked up. Like there was a lot of good stuff coming out of him. But it, it I, you know, they got to go get back to that. Like Maddie yeah. was was on a good path until they decided to stop and go back. Like you know, like you had these. Things. I don't know why. I, do they want Maddie to just be the killer? The 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 evil killer it's almost like they want her to be evil too like i i don't know i don't want to call out filmmakers or what have you but and i don't know what the situation is as far as it goes and hell if i know what to do like i'm just a guy that's watching the show trying to do the best i can to understand it but i know what doesn't look good and this show doesn't look that good so if they need like gimple to come in and be like hey guys here's a couple notes or kirkman to write a couple episodes or whatever like something needs to happen that's different yeah, and I think they're going to change showrunners, I believe, if it doesn't get much better in the second half of the season, which is pretty much already in production right now. And if it doesn't get better by then and, and the, the action doesn't pick up and the fans doesn't, don't respond to it, they'll just probably change showrunners again. That, that's and I'm only going to happen. And I'm going by people that love the show. Like even people that criticize the show, they not, they're not coming from it from a, oh, this is just a sucky show and I hate it anyway. It, it, it comes from a, wanting it to be better. Like, yeah, like, I like agree. that's the case. Totally I mean, agree. you can ignore everyone's going to hate something, but it's not just haters. Yeah, but it's like, not just haters. Like yeah. when you're coming from a place of disappointment and not because it's something it, they didn't give you what you want. But there's a lot of people that are just saying, I just want something entertaining. Like, I don't know what you want to do with the show. I just want something entertaining. And when you're not doing that for people that are rooting for you. I'll be I'll be very curious when I go to Comic Con this summer what the Walking Dead panels will be like because there's going to be the you know yeah. that there obviously there's going to be cheers but I'll be curious how cheerful everyone's going to be when it's like all right Walking Dead's done now let's bring out Fear of the Walking Dead I want to know what that reaction's going to be and I'll, I'll, I'll separate days yeah, separate you gotta rooms. let me know one yeah. of the days I'll certainly I'll, I'll be there to tell you what happened if yeah, I get into, into into Hall H <laughs> <laughs> I know I ain't getting into Hall H though <laughs> but is is Fear even going to fill up Hall H I mean, well, everyone's already, sure well, will. everyone's already oh, there. Oh, well, so everybody, will, yeah, I'll already be there yeah. for it's, Walking Dead. Okay, all right. They'll keep and it actually, good. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't open with Fear the Walking Dead just so that they keep people in the seats waiting to see the Walking Dead. 
Oh, downstairs. I see what you're saying. Okay. That's probably be the plan. But yeah, I mean, that's how it works. You don't, like, once everyone's in Hall H, you don't really leave. Like, they don't yeah. empty out the room after it. They just keep everyone in there all day. So, well, you can leave. Obviously, obviously you can leave at your own volition. But, like, <laughs> but, like it doesn't clear out in between panels. Like, so, like, if you're in there, you're in there. And generally, they program a bunch of really cool stuff all on the same day. So, it's like, they, I always wonder what the strategy work is to kind of make that happen of, like, if they know what they want to put where in order to make people you know, force people to sit down and watch certain things. So Yeah. So we, we heard on the Talking Dead too that this the show is gonna be returning in August, I believe. Uh is that right? Yeah. 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 So it'll end in October. Right. Yeah. Or end like around when Walking Dead will start. And that's kind of what we thought, although I thought it was gonna be like alternating. I thought it would be like fear, then the regular, then fear, then the regular, but they're not doing that. They're doing fear, summer, fear, and then right back to the regular Walking Dead in October. Yeah. So until yeah, they they got preacher right now, but yeah. but they but they can only hope. Well, they have preacher now and then isn't what's that David Schwimmer show? Is that's that all yeah. the same, that's all the same time as preacher. Like if preacher, oh, is it? okay. Like preacher's at right nine. And Feed the beast is at ten. Yeah. Feed the beast. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I August, don't know if I'm interested in that or not. Yeah, August August twenty first is when it comes back. So yeah, that that will end it. You know, eight weeks later, that'll be October, right in time for you know a week off, and then Walking Dead starts or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I uh, just that, and that makes me wonder, like, is there going to be like a, is it going to feel too saturated, like by having so much Walking Dead coming at you? And because that's, in addition to the show not being very good, we're just coming off of a you know an intense season of The Walking Dead, and I'm wondering like, am I less enthused because I just got like you know the prime good better version of this show? Chris Hardwick so- needs more more shows throughout the calendar to have hey, to talk about after he's doing talking he's, preacher now next talking week preacher. Right? Yeah. i'm sure he'll be he'll be like feeding the talk beast later on like I don't <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so before we descend into our illustrious toby ratings we have a sponsor for this week's episode as we have for every week's episode of the walking dead tv podcast uh richard would you be so kind and discuss with our listeners who our sponsor is and why they should frequent their establishment well let me ask aaron aaron do you like reading comics i love reading comics do you like buying comics i do like buying comics do you like paying the cover price for comics? of course not that's not so much money it's a lot of money. How about if I told you of a place where you could save up to 50% off? I'd want to say, yeah, shut up, everyone else on this podcast. I want to know what Rich is saying about these, po- these comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, our sponsor is Discount Comic Book Service at dcbservice.com. Uh, and, and it's really cool. Right now, you go over there and you get 50% off all DC and Marvel hardcovers and, and trade paperbacks. Um, there's all kinds of deals going on on uh, memorabilia from movies and action figures and all kinds of fun stuff. If it's geek and comic related, you can definitely save on it there. Um, do you want uh, from the 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 global, if not universe wide, phenomenon that is Batman versus Superman? You want a Lex Luthor action figure from that? Normally forty five bucks, thirty dollars and sixty cents from DCBS. So. You can go there. Also, go to their sister site, InStockTrades.com, where you can get trades for 30 40 50% off. I know that you can uh, get the uh, compendiums, the Walking Dead compendiums, that are at 40% off over there. So all kinds of ways to save money so you can read more and more comics, Aaron. Great. Good to hear. So we thank them for sponsoring us. As always... 
go to dcbservice.com. Thanks, Richard. And they are a great sponsor. They do keep the lights on over here. It's not like we're all walking away with a lot of money in our pocket, if any money, but they do keep it possible for us to keep the lights on and keep keep the show going for all of you. So I hope you appreciate that. Please frequent the site, dcbservice.com. I'm sitting in the dark, though, so it's (laughs) working. So... Let's get to our last final Toby rating, I suppose, for the summer, and then we're going to get back together again in August. But uh, your final Toby rating for this episode, Shiva, starting with uh, Aaron. We're going off medical order. Go ahead, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so down on this one just because it had like potential too, to like at least cap this thing off pretty high, but it didn't, and and so I. I <sighs> Yeah, two, two Tobies, guys. Like, I mean, there's not much <laughs> redeeming here. Like, I don't. I want this to be good. I want there to be. I just got distracted by Chub Toad Skype icon, which made me laugh. Um, I, <laughs> the, the there's like there's stuff in here that's like okay, and then there's just so much like nonsense involving Chris, involving Travis, involving Daniel, involve like I'm naming almost every character. If I, by the time I go through this list. And it's just disappointing. Like, it's disappointing that a show like this that has potential to do a lot of good, even in the weeks that it's bad, still manages to find good things to do. Like, it just kind of ends in this kind of flat, underwhelming area where I only have to hope that it can regather itself by the, for the second half of the season and find a new and hopefully more interesting and ideally consistent direction. So two Tobies, guys. Wow. Kind of ended on a, on a low Toby. Uh, Daryl, let's go with you. I would I have to give it a, a two as well. It's just I really thought that they would pull it out for the for the midseason finale. I really did. I wanted them to. I, I really even from the trailer, it looked like they might, you know, have done something a little special with this episode, but then right. it just lost it. Like it's just so all over the place, and to have the actors that they have, there's no reason why this show shouldn't be better. Especially this episode. There's no reason why this episode shouldn't have been better than it was. I, I just have to give it a t- You know what? I give it a 1.5. Oh, oh. <laughs> I have That's got to gotta be the lowest in history. I mean, Toby to. keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Wow. I mean, I've been listening to the show before I even joined you guys for years. I don't think anyone's given any show. Maybe Brad Milo did once. Like... But beyond that, like anyone's given anything in the ones ever, the Buster ratings or Tober ratings. Wow, wow, Richard. Well, I have to say, there are so many things about this episode that could have worked. Um, they didn't work, or they worked on just the minimal level and just did not wow me. But then again, it seems like after our season ending from the regular Walking Dead. You know, the way that they've been ending things, it just it the the mid season and season finales of Walking Dead are now becoming like going through an entire prom date only for it to have a headache once you get to the hotel. It's just <laughs> just just build up, build up, build up nothing. And I just I, I'm I I'm giving it no Tobies. I'm just going to say it just sucked. I, I don't want to put a number to it because I think it might have been better than a 1.5 or 2, but I can't put my finger on it quite, wow. so I'm just going to say no rating. I'm going to say incomplete. You abstain. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
I'll I'll say two. I, I mean, there were some cinema, you know, uh, cinematically things that appealed to me in this episode. I liked some of the way they shot th- some things, and you know, uh, there was a few moments that got to me. But honestly, our ratings have gone down, down, down in, in this season, and I guess it's 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 apparent. My honest opinion is the show is trying too hard to not be like the parent show. I mean, where are the zombies, guys? I mean, where is it? I have friends of mine that love The Walking Dead. And they're not really into comic books so much, but they love The Walking Dead. They like the action. They like seeing, oh, just see what Rick did, and he took the arrow and put it through his head or whatever. I mean, or with a knife. I mean, this show's got none of it. There's not, no redeeming action. There's nothing. There's, there's no threat. There's no stakes. We don't really care about these characters right now. I mean, a lot of them, we, we, we wish that they would die. So I, uh, I hope they get better. I really do. I think it will. And I think even if it doesn't, the show's going to continue because the ratings, even in its this crippled state, is still a lot better than anything else AMC has on the air right now as far as oh, the ratings yeah. are concerned. Yeah. So because of that fact alone, the show will continue. That's why yep. they renewed season three right where episode one was airing of season two because it's done. I mean, it's sold. <laughs> So, I um I I've got to be optimistic, but I got to get out of here. I, sure. I, I I unfortunately have to take off, guys. I'm sorry. Well, listen, Aaron, it's been fun talking the walking fear the Walking Dead with you this whole season, and we'll get together maybe uh, before the August, and we'll do like a kind of a refresh, I guess, and then right back into it. So thanks again, sure. Aaron. Yeah, and uh, I post I posted this last night too. I, I I will be writing about Preacher for the young folks, much like I write write about The Walking Dead on a weekly basis. So uh, that was cool. Yeah, feel free to feel free to check out uh, those write ups for that show, which I'm looking I very forward much to. enjoyed your write up for last night. Thank you. I think I was very fair. So because I yeah, it yeah. was pretty. You were pretty not spot on there. Unlike your Batman versus Superman stuff. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We we can't all be right all the time. Just like Batman v Superman. Uh, so oh. I'm gonna, I'm going to take off, guys. It's good talking to you, as always, though. And uh, I, I look forward to when we reconvene to see how, how things have Everybody rest. follow Aaron at Aaron's PS4. That's right. Thank and you. out now with Aaron and Abe. And, of course, you promised we're going to do a Stephen Seagal podcast, too, right? Oh, I mean, yes. Okay. I, <laughs> for, I forgot about this. this oh, I didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really got I really to go, guys, though. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Bye, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> so... So anyway, who cares what we think about our, you know, our fans are the best. You know, they they actually put their Toby ratings on the Facebook page. It's the walking it's facebook.com and you do a search for the Walking Dead TV podcast. Do a search for that, you hit join the group, we get you in really quick, and then you can post your ratings along with with all of our listeners. So we have over 790 members right now in the group and uh in fact, one of the members this week posted the Toby thread because I guess we were all busy watching Preacher, he said. So yeah. I want to thank David Bue the Third for getting on there. What time was it last night? At 10.30 p.m., mind yes. you. We were a little bit behind, okay? We, the show ended at 10, and we missed it. So, David, thank you for posting that, that thread. Usually we're on it, but uh, we were busy watching Preacher. So let's start with it. Uh, Richard, do you have the first one up there for David Bue? What was his comment for the, his Toby rating? David said four so long Celia's out of five. Nearly solid episode with some much needed separation of Travis and Maddie. Disappointed that Daniel didn't feel closure with the fire and leave for uh, Ophelia. Didn't match his character. I can't imagine a show without Nick, so a bit concerned with the next half season. No more love boat. Love. (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Daryl? All right, this is from uh, DeRay Irving. Uh, Irvin, uh, two Tobys out of five. Walker Blood must be the new black because Nick can't stop wearing it. 
Uh, this episode <laughs> was all over the place. I can see Madison eventually evolving into the Rick of the Fear group, especially now that Travis and Chris have separated themselves. However, this situa- that situation will clearly end poorly because they're both sissies and Travis was dumb <laughs> enough to chase after Chris with no shoes on. Come on! He hadn't had time to put on shoes. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And by the way, this is the zombie freaking apocalypse. What are you doing not wearing shoes? I don't care. You, unless you're showering, you should be wearing shoes. You don't know what you're going to step in. Come That's on. a good point. Like, like Rick never yeah. takes his boots off, right? No. Like they're always on. That's you always got to be ready. <laughs> they're ready to go. Yeah. Wow. Like a true cowboy. That's right. Mandy Dean, 2.5 dead wives talking out of five. Just a lot of WTF. <laughs> They have all lost their marbles. I'm giving that a like. I couldn't say it better myself, yeah, Mandy. Right yep, I agree. Me too. One too. <laughs> Richard? Oh, I was reading people that replied to Mandy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, so Max Sofer says three just throwing the arms up out of the... Is that what that is? I couldn't feel... Oh, yeah. okay. That's throwing the arms up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, out of five. Um, they the they really... They really do a great job with the production of the show, but every storyline falls flat or at the very least baffles me. So now Nick abandons his family. Now I'm supposed to believe Chris would just kill a kid so his dad would leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know me! Uh, We gotta get that meme up there. (laughs) Strand pulled a U-turn five minutes after he was kicked out. Daniel went full crazy in like two days. Do I really need to continue? (laughs) Oh, wow. Mm. Fan hate is on I'm, strong. I'm hitting a like on that one too. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have we have the best listeners. All right, uh, Christine Bowman, a zero out of five. I watch Game of Thrones <laughs> instead. I will watch tomorrow, maybe. Wow, maybe, maybe. Wow, Sergio Mendoza. Chris is just unbearable. I'm starting to think that this might be my last season watching. It's incredible that the writers have done a terrible job with Chris and that a lot of people would would rather drop the show completely than watch his shenanigans. Keep reading it because he has good points here. Yeah, okay. It would only be acceptable if he disappeared for a couple of seasons and then show up as the main baddie. But Travis leaving him... Almost assures me it won't, leaving with him. It almost assures me it won't happen. Daniel biting the dust or burning into dust is pretty sad as well. One character everybody liked, but his descent into madness felt pretty rushed. That's pretty much what we said. I agree. Yeah, yeah we all yeah. said that. He seemed fine until they got to the house, and all of a sudden, I just off myself for my sins. Nick also feeling compassion for the dead, and Celia felt too rushed as well. He had been there, what, two days? And now it's like Celia was right. We are evil. (laughs) We don't deserve this world. How long till the main cast decides to go back and look for him so they can fill a couple of extra episodes? Uh, That's something I do not want to go over. I tried. Uh, Can't seem to find something or someone to care for. One character strand is just not enough. And two, why can't they be as good as Game of Thrones out of five? <laughs> <laughs> or at least, yeah. So they saved, he saved the Toby for the end, Sergio. Thank you. I, 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 I want to offer a rebuttal to the but Travis leaving with him almost assures me it won't happen. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that at first, too, but I'm thinking about it. That could actually be what helps him become this baddie that comes back later because, you know, 
Travis going with him, he's going with him to make sure that he stays all right. But I think what's going to happen is eventually he's going to crack completely and his descent into full on, you know, Governor Negan, whatever likeness um, is going to be him killing Travis. See, I don't I don't think. I think Chris I, is not going to make it out of the season. I, I think Travis think so, may yeah. be altered by that. Like maybe Travis maybe, will turn into maybe. the governor or something because, you know what I mean, his his son died and he, he goes berserk or something, you know, and then he rejoins Madison and she doesn't know who he is anymore. Something like that, you know. Maybe, yeah. Because he is, he, I'm sorry, he's he's an actor. We all commented on his bad acting. I don't think he's got the gravitas to hold it through. He, I mean, Chris, Cliff Curtis can, can, can toe the line. But I don't think this kid can, so I don't know. Well, I read somewhere that he that part of the casting for Chris was somebody that is athletic or something. Okay. So maybe there's something down the road planned with him to where I don't know. I, I but I mean, why would they be looking to cast someone athletic with what they've done with his character so far, other than running away, going, "You don't know me." <laughs> He's not done any exercise of anything, so I don't know why that would. I mean, that could just be to just have a kid in shape, right? I don't right. Think that, it might not mean it's for some. I don't think they have a plan, like a long term plan for him. Yeah, they weren't thinking this thing all the way through. Exactly. Yeah. They said, "Okay, we want a kid. Like, it looks like he plays a little soccer. He's right. at fifteen. He's like, yeah. that's what they were thinking, right? But yeah, and yeah. then the Toby, on the other hand, he's not athletic and he's like a couch potato. But we we still love him, though, right? I want Toby back. Toby has got. <laughs> That has to be the season finale. It probably would have been a, me to go into season three. You bring back Toby. <laughs> it probably would have been a better contrast to see both those kids in this new exactly. world. Like he would probably Chris might have been the popular kid that everybody liked because he was so nice and love. You know, like but Toby's everybody the looked smart at him as the innocent one, and then the other one is Toby's like the outcast. But then in the in the apocalypse, Toby is the more dependable one who's able to kind of deal with these the survivor. The survive. He yeah. has the survivor instinct because he's been the outsider, and and he's kind of been. A, he's a little bit more stronger, and, and and he can take the hits a little bit better than, <laughs> than the average. It's- Chris yeah. can't take it, man. I, I, I think they're kind of tone deaf. I don't think they're listening to any of the fans no. right now in the writers' room, let alone us. Okay, no. if they were, well, it'd be a much different think show. About this too, though, is this entire season was probably finished filming. Before at least episode four aired. Well, no, they're, they're probably working because they do take a break. Like, yeah, they, they do. They do. They they, they take a mid season break, kind of like we do. But, mm-hmm. So, like right now, they're probably filming like episode ten or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, what like, I'm saying yeah. though is is we were digging what was going on up to episode four and maybe even into five, but then it just fell apart on us. So, yeah, but there wasn't time. For them to oh, actually listen to the fans, because okay. it was most of it was probably already in the can, or at least getting towards the can. That's interesting. Where, whereas yeah. now, with the second half of the season, this is their opportunity to fix it. Because if they don't, if they come back in August with this same level of bullshit, people are bailing. They will bail, and when they and and it could even cause them enough to bail off AMC from The Walking Dead. Because, well, I don't know. Negan's going to keep that going. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that train is going to keep going for a while. I'm just saying, though, is, is they have got to come back with a strong uh, uh, B half to this season. Because if they don't, especially with how they just ended it, it they're going to lose. They will lose. It's going to lose. I was and saying, they- I have friends that, that watch The Walking Dead. And, and they're not really, like I said, in that comic world. They're walking away from the show. They say, I, they say Craig, it's unwatchable. I know you, yeah. you do the show and I listen to your podcast and it's very entertaining. But... 
I can't watch this show anymore. It's like it's, it's like I'm getting to the point. It's like it's it's so bad, and it's like all right. I mean, what yeah, do you do? Argue with them, right? Yeah, they love they that, just they love the action. They're just normal guys. They're not geeks. Well, I mean, they, they look the, the the action of The Walking Dead, the original series. The other thing, yeah, but the other thing too is is I don't have like. Any, like when there were times with the original series, especially the first half of season two, where people that were only fans of the TV, this new TV show, you know, were just bad mouthing it and everything else. I was quick and easy to defend The Walking Dead because of how I grounded I was into that world with the comic for so many years. They've given me nothing for fear of the walking dead other than the name walking dead to try to defend this and i just can't i mean i try i try to hold on to those nuggets of hey there was this and there was that and there's this potential like i was saying earlier the the potential that they they caused or the opportunity that they have uh causal from what this episode did they could really turn it around but are they will they that's the question because I have nothing to defend here. I can't. It's like you said. Your friends come to you say, "Hey, I, I'm going to bail. It sucks." You you can't argue with them. I, I can't. I mean, it, it's what it is, and it's not it's not giving them what they want to see. You know, they 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 would love. All right, when The Walking Dead was on, they would say, "Craig, did you see how Rick just totally destroyed that guy?" It's like they love watching that. Hey, did you see how Daryl took that and shot him in the face? They it's something to talk about around the water cooler, so to speak. You know what I mean? Right. In thirty yeah. minutes of the end of a episode of the walking dead. I mean, I'm usually in the middle of watching talking dead and my phone is blowing up. Okay. People are texting me left and right. Did you see, what does this mean? What do you think is going to happen here? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, there are my friends that are on Facebook coming at me and everything else. Nothing for fear of the world. <laughs> Crickets. Not a yeah. damn thing. <laughs> Nothing. I don't get asked by anyone about Fear of the Walking Dead. You're right. At work, I don't the, get any questions. The only time I get asked right, about right? it yeah. is if I somehow have brought it up, and the question is, you're watching Fear the Walking Dead? <laughs> or I, I do get a question, when is The Walking Dead coming back? That's exactly. The question I got. Wow. All right, Brent Jones. Yeah. yeah. Jones. All right. Uh, to just imagine the complaints if this were The Walking Dead proper out of five. Oh. Why would Celia walk into the Walker cage? Just one of the several moves that don't make sense. Nick walking away is dumb as well as Maddie telling him, come on, is the new Where's Carl? To me. <laughs> Instead of Where's Carl, she goes, Nick! Nick! Yeah. Oh my gosh. So. Daniel! Nick! So- uh, is it my turn? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Tammy Heisley, three out of five. WTF did I even watch? <laughs> uh, I agree. Whiskey, Tango, Foxtrot, the whole way. Yeah. Uh, if it had a few good moments, my favorite was when Madison locked Celia in with the Walkers. I agree. Uh, so pissed about Daniel. Uh, wish it would have been Chris. <laughs> I understand why Travis la- left, but ugh. There is no saving Chris and Nick. Whatever, I don't even care. <laughs> wow, they're just giving up. The fans are just giving up yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joy Soriano Kim, four out of five. FTWD haters. All right, let's see another mm. opposing view. I kind of like how they have all split up. 
split off. Hope Daniel's not dead, which we don't think he is. I'm okay with the direction they've taken Chris's character, and I'm down with that storyline. I hate comparing, but I think this show is a lot more thrilling than The Walking Dead show. Whoa. Listen, I like the sending views. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. now I just need to start liking the characters just as much. Okay. Well, Joy, there you go. Joy I, I really appreciate your comments and being on the group, but what I really would appreciate is please pass me some of what you're smoking because oh God, <laughs> it's Damn, gotta be so good. Let her have one if yeah, she that way she thinks that way. She likes it. I, I'm not. Hey, okay. No, it's good. It's good. So, uh, I, I, I don't know when Richard changed his Facebook name, but Richard and I'm gonna say it. You have to say Topping it. Cherryton. Two and a half, I didn't love it or didn't hate it out of five. I think we all knew they'd end up back on the boat. <laughs> Gonna miss next week's episode as I'm in Spain on holiday for a week. I'll see if I can find out the Spanish for arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's perfect. All right. Uh, Rob Cook, a 2.5. I can't believe Chris is still alive out of five. A strange, anticlimactic uh, mid-season finale. Not a lot more to say about that. I'm going to binge-watch Preacher now on Amazon. <laughs> and finally, Adam Fatah. I will give it a 2 out of 5. This episode was all over the map, and I have no idea if I'll be watching second half of season 2. Wow. Yeah. Well, folks, whether you are or not, we certainly will be. All right, we 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 do this because, well, I guess we we kind of have to at this point. So <laughs> we we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. We hope you we hope you stick with us. You um, know what's telling though is that for a finale, yeah. As long as I've been listening to this show from from the very beginning, yeah. Every time when there's a mid season finale, when there's a finale, there the the comments are so long for people all excited mm -hmm. to kind of comment on it. Yeah. When you only have 12. Yes. There's only that's 12. That's not that a normal. From our show. most dedicated listeners. But True. I'm saying that, like, you know, people comment when they're, like, they're not going to sit there and just hate on something. Like, not people not responding, I think, goes more to, I don't have anything nice to say about the episode, so I just won't even say anything. It shows that they're not watching, honestly. It's, it I, shows I, either they're not watching yeah. or they don't even have anything to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we usually get, I mean, I'm just not scientifically here, you but know, 25 comments usually. You do, you get 20 right? to yeah. 30, sometimes more. The, 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 old, the old Buster ratings on the, on the original show, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're so right. It's, it's and telling. We have Jim Dietz lovely going through each one of them, and that's, uh, you know, that's something to look forward to. Wow. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, I've had fun. Uh, still, we, we've been doing this continuously now. Well, this has been like the 16th week, I guess, right? Because we we started off with the, with the Walking Dead in the second half of the season and pretty much straight through. So right. Right. it's been uh, it's been a great run. And we're going to, like I said, probably get together one time before Fear restarts. I think we need to do a recap, I think, on uh, All Out War, which we haven't done yet. And That's, then, I was going to say, right. what did... I know that I had to leave the show for a little it while. It didn't happen. Did, it didn't happen yet. So, no. You know, I think that um, maybe we need to re-release. We need to record the second, but I think we need to re-release when we put that out there, put the first out That's again. a good point. We can do that. Yeah, and pro promote them both. Uh, and, and I think that we need to get that going soon. Yeah. So that it'll help in preparation for the, the Walking Dead season coming up because – um, obviously, there's a lot of Negan involved there. So for the true, listeners true. that 
aren't worried about being spoiled of the comics or have read the comics, you know, we definitely haven't forgotten. We want to get that out there. Yeah, so we, that hasn't been done yet, the second part of All Out War, so we, we do owe you that. We're going to, I think, maybe just do a quick recap on the, uh, Season 6 of The Walking Dead and maybe in the same episode do a recap of the first half of, of Fear. And that'll pretty much bring us right up until August, where we're going to do the you know episode by episode again, and we and we we do the dirty work so you don't have to, um, especially with this show. But uh, until then, we're working on different projects. So uh, you know, where can our listeners hear you? Because uh, they, they're going to miss us. They're going to miss hearing our our lovely voices every week, and, and and looking forward to hearing us. So where can they get our, their fix on on us? Starting with you, Mister Chub Toad. Well, you can hear me each week on the DC TV podcast where we talk about Gotham, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm also on there with Jim Dietz. It's on this lovely program usually. And the mogul himself, Daryl Taylor. Um, we got we got Preacher we're going to start talking about this week. Um, and then we have a really cool coming up our little summer movie episode tv club i don't know how we really want to phrase it but we're doing the justice league cartoons um the storylines each week uh during the summer on the hiatus so join us for that um there'll there'll be an actual schedule put out sometime this week of what we're going to talk about when and so, we'll be talking about preachers so that'll be the big okay so oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely that'll, that'll be the preacher talk so if you want to if yeah i see people excited about preacher we will definitely be getting into that do you think it needs its own podcast or are you going to just just attach it on to uh, we're going to attach because there'll okay. be a break every it, it actually it'll be on its own because there won't be any other dc yeah, podcasts this, going on i mean dc shows that'll be going gotcha on okay that, so. This week ends um, Flash and Arrow. Um, does Gotham end this week, or does it still have another week? I think it does end this week. Wow. It's, it's been a long it, haul with you guys. It's been a lot of DC TV. So we, we, we cover five shows a week, <laughs> and, we're, and we're not never late. So The latest I, we've ever been is it's been the Monday afterwards um, is the right. latest we've ever been, and that's only been once or twice. Um but uh, the thing is, is when we when I look back and I, I I calculate the amount of hours of television that we watched and covered just this last season of DC TV, it's amazing. It really is. Wow, you guys and, did an amazing job. Seriously, I, I know I was talking to Jim about that too, and yeah. this is—I mean, it's unheard of. I mean, I think at one point you had seven shows at one point on at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think earlier yep. on in the season, yeah. it's like wow. And, and what's great is this season, um, Jerry Atkinson from um, the Taylor network uh joined us and so when i couldn't be on or daryl couldn't be on she would be on and here lately it's been really great all four of us have been on but jim has done a fantastic job of producing this show and and keeping it together and making sure that we get something out each week and um we're we're going to continue it on we really appreciate a lot of the support we've been getting from our our sister shows on both uh, the Taylor Network and the HHWLOD Network. So come and check us out and join us for our summer Justice League fun. Absolutely, yeah. count me in for that too. I'm gonna. I actually started watching that because you told me about that, and I watched a few first few episodes already. So cool it'll on be, Netflix. It'll be fun. Yeah, I, like I'll be one coming into it like many others do with Walking Dead, meaning that they haven't read the comics and they're coming into it kind of with fresh eyes and i haven't read preacher so i'll be coming into this oh okay with entirely I, fresh eyes cool. i'm a comic reader but i just for whatever reason i've just never got a i haven't read preacher it. since preacher ended which so was we, what 98 oh wow 
something like that. But you read him though. But you had him. But you, you read yeah. him. Okay. But I have. I had. I. I. When we first discussed, I don't know, about six months ago, that it was going to be one that we would be adding to the DC TV podcast. I ordered on DCBService.com at fifty percent off. I got all six of the uh, the the big graphic novels, so it's the whole series. And I just started rereading it. I've actually oh, cool. Actually, I have. I'm almost finished with the second, which is the so that'll be the first. 24 issues i think so very it's very interesting because there's a lot of stuff i'm like i don't remember that i don't remember that so it's like discovering the series all over again and then um just a little preview of of our preacher talk from dc tv i just want to say is there's been a lot of fanboys that have really been downing some of the with some of their comments on this which is fully expected with fanboys out there but going it's not exactly like the graphic novel well neither was walking dead not even close i mean it was close but it wasn't even like but this will be an even harder thing because this we're talking about uh going with religion like this is yeah it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very interesting but the the thing is is yes you have to imagine, though, they're adapting this for an audience 20 years later than when it was written, first written, and they're having to change it into episodic television that they can sell sponsorship on and everything else and get a following and, and a viewership that goes from week to week. So obviously they're going to have to change the story here and there, but the characters themselves are those same characters and the tone and the feel, it's right there, and I cannot wait for this week when Daryl, Jim, Jerry, and I get together and talk about it because I am excited, so excited after watching that. So, you know, it definitely was the the it and the Game of Thrones were the cherries on the top of my Sunday night Sunday. So <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I, I like, I, yeah, it's like Game of Thrones for me and having read the books. So I, I kind of can enjoy it without the. Uh, you know, thinking about or waiting for something to happen that I don't know is going to happen. So, well, and that's what's been nice about iZombie for me is I've I've just recently finally read the the books, but I hadn't read it. You know, and wow, what a difference! Yeah, that's so different from the, yeah. That is but different. but I didn't know that. I really yeah. didn't. So I see where you're coming from on this for preacher yeah. Darren. So yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. So come on over and listen. Absolutely. So we'll be continuing that. And that Preacher runs pretty much through the beginning part of summer, right? It was like eight weeks or so? What are they going to do? so. About that. They I usually do for the first yeah, season. Or they six usually or do something. about eight, like okay. six or seven episodes, depending. All right. That's cool. That's usually how they do it. And then we and have the summer book club, like you said, where right. we can do the Justice League along the way. Okay. Plus they're skipping because, remember, we, we got a new episode this week, and then it's a holiday, so there won't be another episode they're uh, rerunning the following. The- they're just going to be running the first one. They'll be running but, the pilot and then doing a talking preacher afterwards, right? right? With right. the hard work, okay. Right. So then, so we won't even, you know. So there, there'll be there'll be plenty of time for people to catch up on preacher and then listen to DC TV podcast. Perfect. Good, good segue. That's actually really, really good. So Daryl, where else can our listeners hear you besides uh, DC TV as well? You can go to well. I have a TV podcast called Nothing's On with me and and Donnie and Jim. Deets from from the network. Everyone knows them, um, and we kind of cover most of the TV that's on. So we we're, we have a episode coming up where we'll be dealing with most of the finales as well as Game of Thrones, uh, and uh, you know, so we'll we'll throw that in there because this last episode was something that we have to 
talk about. It was <laughs> it was really it was eye opening uh, with a lot of information that we didn't have. Which the which one Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold the door. <laughs> Looking forward to that. And if you're a comic fan, uh, DC, of course, is doing their Rebirth. Yes, uh, which you up. can also get 50% off on their Rebirth packs at dcbservice.com. Yes, you can. You can get it for about. You can get all the books for about twenty three dollars, twenty five dollars. Wow, like that. that's a great. That's a steal, yeah, actually. I it's mean, it's a steal. Yeah, it's really a steal. Huh. And uh, you're here on WDTV. WDT. That's right, WDTV right. podcast. So uh, we have a podcast called Gotham by Geeks, uh, which is a Batman but, podcast, sure. and we cover uh, most of the Batman com- Batman centric comics, as well as we'll cover some of the movies, of course, and we'll cover uh, some of the animated uh, movies that are coming out because we have Killing Joke coming up soon. I want to be on that one too. Uh, okay, I'm, I can't I want, wait to see that I one. I want on yeah. that one, please, if if I can. I want on that one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, and I just want to say, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend and a co-host and everything else, but I, you know, you know, I'm a bat fan. I'm a bat for that's that's my character, and I have listened to a lot of Batman centric podcasts. I've listened to ones that are, you know, like Kevin Smith's Batman on Bat, but I have not listened to a Batman podcast that I've enjoyed or as informative as much as Gotham by Geeks. You got to hear it. It's well, good. I, I, I thank you. We we have a lot of fun doing it. So we. We've had uh, the writer of Batman who will be taking over the book, uh, Tom King. We've had him on, and we have some people coming up. We have Chuck Dixon, who's done a lot of Batman over the years, and we're going to cover No Man's Land. So we're, we're, we've got a, quite a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, with San Diego coming up uh, in, a, in a couple of months, and I'll be there. Hopefully we'll get some more interviews with uh, some of the new Bat teams and... and uh, now, if you see the, uh, Lincoln Castellanos, who plays Toby, will you please get an interview with him? Can you please do that? If I see him, I'll okay. definitely do that. I'll be right. I won't be in Hall H. I can't get into that. <laughs> that that's a bad house, so I'll have to wander around and see what I can find. So. You pretty much have a choice. You can either attend the con or attend Hall H. You exactly. can't do both. I, I rather attend the con since it's my first time. I'd rather do that. But anyway, you you could go to TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com and and all the podcasts are are there as well as uh, we cover a lot of TV, movie news, and pop culture stuff. So you can definitely cover that. Yes. By the way, really quick, just to follow up, the series Preacher was officially picked up for series with 10 episodes on September 9th, 2015. So we're getting 10. So it's just the first order of 10 for the first season? That's what they're doing? Okay. Yep. Confident in it already. That's good because it's better than six. I mean, 10 is good. I, I, that, I that that's according to Wikipedia, so it depends on how much you trust Wikipedia. Well, but ten is is about what we get, like Outcast, which is also a, a Kirkman. Uh, uh, I've show. never read that, and I'm I've, looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I read the first arc, and then I stopped, and I'm and you know, I'll watch the show before I go back and. Well, what's interesting is just today I got my um, trade paperback of Walking Dead twenty five. From DCBService.com, by the way, at fifty percent off, and it came with a the first issue of Outcast too. So that's kind of cool. So if you're into Kirkman, you like Walking Dead, and you haven't read that, there's an opportunity as well. Mm, smart, excellent, excellent. Which I'm now going to finally get to read it, at least the first issue. Good stuff. 
So if you want to hear me in the hiatus, uh, I am the host of the one and only Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy K. we talk about everything car-related, uh, cars and pop culture, motor news. We have actually a lot of fun doing it. We re- actually, we've been reviewing a lot of new cars. we got about uh, six or seven new car line uh, reviews lined up just in the next several episodes, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we, it's always a blast. And, of course, like we said, we're continuing the Star Trek retrospective podcast. So, Chubb, Daryl, I know you're in for that. Oh, yeah. um, we're probably going to record in a couple of weeks uh, on a Sunday. We'll do that one, and that'll be for the next generation. So it'll be our retrospective. I've been watching. I've been catching up on the next generation, getting ready for this. I've been watching my HD Netflix uh, <laughs> episodes. I've been actually loving it, man. It's been it's been great. So uh, All right, number one. That's a- so uh, I, I told you my roommate's been watching them here you lately. You told me that, yeah. yeah As yeah, I yeah. walked through the living room last night, I went and got a plate of food, and I'm coming back into my room to yeah. watch uh, Game of Thrones. And... Um, I as I walk through, I suddenly hear there are four lights. He was on that one. He was actually he was on, on that, that one. He was actually on that one. <laughs> there are four lights. <laughs> I always love that. That is hilarious. Oh. I'll make sure to get that clip because we do have oh, a lot of clips we put into the show to make it fun, and uh, I'll definitely grab that one from Chains of Command. I think it's called <laughs> Chain of Command. To. Excuse me. Yeah, it's Chain of Command. Part two. Part two. Yeah. And I'll make sure to get that. We're also going to be doing a Steven Seagal podcast, I think, by popular demand. So Aaron Newworth, uh, myself, you guys are in for that too, right? So we'll do a, we'll do a special Steven Seagal episode to talk about his movie. I might be in for He's one that uh, – you know, my favorite role of his was in um, – I think it was Executive Decision was the name <laughs> of it. Everyone says that, yeah. Oh, he dies in the first five minutes. Yeah, he flies Killer. out of the, the – oh, right? I'm yeah, like, that, that was the best right there because I cannot stand <laughs> him. I cannot He's the only man him. with a pony tail that could crack as many arms as he You does. know what I mean? So, Come all right. on. Well, Come maybe, on, Chubb, we'll have you on as the heavy. We'll have you on kind of as the, the voice of dissent, all right? I, I have never been. A, I, I like some of the films that he's done, but right. I, he himself, I just. Uh, Come I on. He, yeah. he was with uh, Katie Seagal. I'm 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 Teen Jean Clyde Van Damme the whole way. So. Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay, uh, that's it. <laughs> time Cop, right? That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Time Cop. It <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll we'll keep your fix going through the summer, folks. And listen, we really appreciate uh, all, all your comments on the Facebook page. We appreciate you listening. It, it's our pleasure to bring you the show. We do it because we love it, and we love uh, interacting with the fans. So really, thank you so much for keeping it going, and uh, just stay tuned we'll be back soon so until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth remember don't worry you can always hail an uber even in the zombie apocalypse (laughs) take care folks bye understand me like I understand you now girl I know the difference between right and wrong I ain't gonna do nothing to break up our happy home oh don't get so excited I come home a little late at night Cause we only act like children